powered from the Perdomo Scar Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia, with correspondents in Miami, Florida, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. It's episode 70 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we bring John McTavish and Hector Alfonso on back to the show as we argue for our final four albums. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend has required tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sunroom, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. Now, I want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. Check out on cigar-coop.com this month's Aganorsa experience. You can go to the sidebar and click on it, and you will get a preview from Terrence Riley, uh, the vice president of Aganorsa Leaf, of the re, uh, I guess the revamped core line entitled La Valedicion. So you can go check that out, and Terrence will give a sneak preview of what the new packaging looks like and uh, what you can expect to see from that. And I'll mention uh, Jerry Tobacco. The authentic Corolla leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigar, Cuba was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julian and Susan Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Cameroon, or Bono Wrapper, representing the Golden Age of Cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco. A legacy is tasted in every drawer. And we want to mention Drew Estate on May 12th. Uh, tune into the Freestyle Live Show, where Drew Estate's going to unveil their latest mystery cigar. Um, those mystery cigars have been uh, shipped in a uh, Freestyle Life package that's available at your local retailer. Uh, so be sure to get it, try it, and try to guess to uh, what that mystery cigar is. And as always, all the live streaming on the Primetime Network of shows, as well as the California studios, are sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, an early May edition here. Uh, this is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Red Stage, and I'm joined around the world by my friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello. I'm very excited for this, Coop. We're going to am... talk some great music, great matchups. We got yeah. Hector sitting in the catbird seat with the yep. number one seed still hanging in there. I told you. Yep. We, we got a Hector. classic 
grunge showdown with Surgeon. Oh, yep. Uh, we got, yeah, we got Hector Alfonso of Espinosa Cigars back with us. Uh, he's in Miami, Florida. And we, of course, we have the conscious Canadian himself, the cigar surgeon, <laughs> John McTavish in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So, again, a, an international vibe for sure. Guys, welcome. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. To, thank you, Coop. Glad to be here. Yep. Thanks very much, Coop. And obviously, as we said in the green room, you know it's early May here because uh, I'd turn my my Zoom filter on uh, Max here so that people just didn't hear birds and birds and, and you know people frolicking in the background because they're just so excited by uh, above zero temperatures and sunshine and they don't know what's going on. Well, it's good to see your neck. I haven't seen your right. last year. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing, you're wearing a hoodie. Yeah. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. And honestly, you know what? I could probably just be wearing a long sleeve shirt, but I wasn't sure. You know, these shows can kind of go long, so it could go into the cool hours. You never know. It's not going to go past 710 Eastern Standard. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Coop, have a, we have a date with Destiny on ESPN. So. Uh, we'll do well. I mean, I mean the, the Destiny, you guys are going to win this game tonight, but uh, I'm hoping we just play good at least. Yeah. yeah. Now, don't don't get no hit. I mean, uh, but hey, Hector, by the way, that Friday night game, I give a lot of credit to the Mets there. Um, that's, you know, Mets are winning games that, you know, that they would have lost last. That they would have lost, and, and and what a job! He, I told you when Rojas left, Rojas was a bad game manager. Bad game manager. Buck and, is a better game manager. And, and as know, a Phillies fan, I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, Buck and Joe Girardi were up for the manager job a few years ago for the Phillies. I was leaning a little more towards Buck. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't disappointed with Girardi because he had a ring, but but you know, Buck can, despite what Bear the Pussy says. Buck can manage. This guy can manage. Listen, I, 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 I am. I sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to put up with some of that. I yeah. think Buck was the right guy for that team. That team had the inmates were running the asylum. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to. I know good, plus good. the guys he's brought in. And listen, yeah. we're, we're still not. That team hasn't meshed yet. I mean, they've just, they've, they've just played very well. This is like the third best. Uh, it was so, the third best staple they ever had. Yeah, it was so really I'm, I'm good. Excited. Good month for you guys. Uh, I'm happy for you know as much as there are rivals. Uh, I'm rooting for Buck. Uh, I've always liked him, and uh, I want nothing but success for him. I just hope it's not at our expense, but I don't think we were going to win the division anyway. So, All right, let, let me know when we can address the 500-pound gorilla in the room. What's the 500-pound gorilla in the room? Skip trolling us that he wasn't a part of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Skip trolling us that he wasn't a part of it. Hey, you man, know, and, and, you know, what we, can I tell you, bro? Everybody well, wants to be, everybody wants to, you be know, no, no, yeah. Um, you know, no, he wasn't excluded on purpose. It was just, of course things, not. he knows he wasn't. Yeah, he no. Was. Uh, and you know, there's room for everyone on the jukebox at some point. I don't, maybe uh, we do it. Maybe my we do seat eight is people not for sale. Game. I'm telling you that right now. No. <laughs> my seat is not for sale. Yeah, I, I don't want to buy it, but uh, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do appreciate that uh, when he listed off bands, you know, at least we at least we had some alignment there. So, you know, yeah. we, we didn't he admitted, you know, he, he admitted he didn't vote one of the matchups. We could have made a big difference with. But so yep. um, he did admit that I got a beef with that. You guys politicking for other people's matchups. I, I, I have not politics for any matchup. <laughs> Somebody said I it would really be great if this people they can knock this one off. So, you know, we could uh, we can move on. You know, I, I politic for all the matchups. I, I, I get into it. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Dave like roots said, for the upsets in his own. Bracket. I root for everything. Well, hey, <laughs> Dave wants he, upsets he, in his own bracket. So, I mean, that's kind of guy in his list. I think PJ Harvey's in his list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, uh, so why don't we get into some of the housekeeping so we get right into this right now? OK. Dave. Yep. Uh, yeah. Good. Well. I just wanted to, on the website, Cigar Jukebox, just doing reviews, still got a Mother's Day feature that'll be coming up, so it'll be Mother's Day. 
this upcoming weekend. Um, so we'll be excited for that. We have some uh, deaths in the music industry this big week. Tragedies. Yeah, yeah. Big tragedies. Yeah, big names, actually. Yeah. We got um, Andrew Fulfolk from Earth, Wind, and Fire, saxophonist. Saxophone legend. He mm-hmm. was that sax player during Earth, Wind, and Fire's heyday. That mm. sax sound was his. Yeah, founding member of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, yeah, passed away. I mean, he was part of some of their biggest hits, Coop, when you look at it, like, oh, and Hector and Surgeon, September, Boogie Wonderland, Shining Star. Like, he's a part of, like, all that, yeah. Th- those years that really established that band as an iconic band. Yeah, it, it was. Now, he hasn't been with the band for a while. I mean, he did leave the band, and it sounded like he yeah. left on good terms. But, you know, by that point, Earth and Wind and Fire turned more into a touring band at this point, you know, when he had left. You know, literally the last 25 years, they've been more of a touring band, if you look at it. Thanks. So now, you know, there's two major members of the band gone. Uh, Maurice White passed away a couple of years ago. And now, now Andrew Wolfork, uh, for sure. So, it, you know, well, I think Earth, Wind and Fire, you know, they'll still go, they're still going on. He wasn't touring with them. It's still, like I said, if you heard that, that classic sax sound, that was that was Andrew. No, and then and then this one is just a recent one, but Naomi Judd. Yeah, that was left field. Yeah. That. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if people don't know uh, how to do it with her daughter, the Judds had a lot of stuff were very I guess their height was in the 80s and the early 90s, probably. Yeah. Naomi left the band in 91. She had she had, yeah, she had, mental, she yeah. had some mental problems. Yeah. I don't know if it was dementia, but she had like, I don't know if it was bipolar or something, but she was scheduled to tour and she was mm. on her way to the Country Music Hall of Fame induction tonight. Yeah. Oh. taking place. So she had mental she had some mental illness, but I don't think it was debilitating, at least to stop her from touring. But obviously something happened. They haven't released what happened yet, uh, which is always when you hear that there's some red flags that get thrown up. What yeah. Happened. Yeah, they did say, I think that, uh, I mean, she had been battling it for for quite a long time. Her mm, family said mm, so, you know, it wasn't mm. uh, I think it's kind of unfortunately one of those things where they knew that that was probably going to be uh, in the end what got her. But, um, you know, I think they were obviously hoping for a co- at least a couple more years with her because was still pretty young. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the word I heard was the, she had major depression. Um, mm. But I don't you know, if you look at historically mother daughter uh, duos, duets. It's hard to find a bigger mother daughter uh, mm. than the Judds were. Yeah, that, that was as big as they got. Yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously talking about the, the 90s here. And I think that's one of those things because we kind of we didn't get a lot of country on the list. But yeah. certainly there was a big rise of a number of different genres and country is certainly one of them in the late 80s and, and kind of 90s where, uh, you know, mid nineties, really country was as popular genre as any genre. Like yeah. you could have, you could have put the audience of country up against the entire audience of hip hop. And I think country would have had more people listening to country at the time. Yeah, I agree. Well, we didn't have and- more country on the list because Dave didn't have three more picks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, and you know, it's a country music hall of fame inductions tonight. I'm very curious yeah. to see what they do. Obviously I think there'll be a tribute, but, um, mm. The Country Music Hall of Fame is tough to get into, by the way. They, they don't make it easy. The fact that the judge mm, was just getting into here is, is a big mm. deal. Well, and then, like, it's just interesting because they did a lot of stuff with Dolly Parton uh, as well. Like, they covered go. covered her song. There we she go. Did, she's, she sent out <laughs> condolences. Yep. 
she sent out condolences to them. Um, they did a lot of stuff together. But I think, like, what, so you're saying, Surgeon, they were sort of the Jads around that time where that where that initial sort of crossover from country into more mainstream. Right. Because they had a lot of pop success, but still had a very sort of traditional country sound. Yep. And that's going to really, like you said, jump in the 90s when you have a lot more mainstream country. But they were sort of on the on the beginning of that sort of the crossover. Yeah, kind of like like I was in my head. I kind of imagine like a surfer, right? Like they're at the they're at the forefront mm. of that rave, uh, that wave. Garth Brooks, obviously, who didn't get mm. uh, nominated, was one of those artists who just happened to have his rise at the same time. And, you know, a lot of times it's not necessarily so much about the artist as it is, you know, specifically about the timing. Is it you're the right artist at the right time? Mm. And the the industry just happens to be going in your direction. And, and if you can sustain that. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously huge success for the Judds. So the two songs I, I picked, Why Not Me, which is probably the biggest song, and then yeah. Cry Myself to Sleep, which is a great song. Absolutely. Um, as well. Absolutely. It had so many hits to uh, the country charts. They dominated mm. the mm. 80s. Like they were just, they were monster. Uh, they were mm. monster, and you know, they always the joke always was with the judge that Naomi looked younger than her daughter. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was always the that was always well, the daughter's thing. a handsome woman. Handsome woman. Yeah. <laughs> Is a handsome woman. Handsome woman. Handsome woman. Yeah. So no, uh, yeah. Ashley. Ashley was the hey, oh. hey, oh. kiss the girls. Exactly. Yes, I don't mind if I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know uh, Wyona's daughter was like a train wreck, though, too. She was like in prison and stuff like that for a while. So uh, Wyona definitely had her, her mother-daughter issues. Can't sure. wean a child on White Claw and then expect them to go straight. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Record Store Day, Coop. We were talking about this. Yeah, unfortunately, I missed Record Store Day with my dad's memorial that day. So I kind of mm. didn't really get to follow it. So what do you got, Dave, for us? Well, it's, it's, it's uh, the... The in-shop stuff is gone. However, a lot of shops have leftover stock that they're selling online. So if you can get to a shop, like for me, a lot of the shops that do stuff in Australia or in Sydney, Melbourne, like I can't get to a shop. Um, I went online to a lot of the, on, to the online sites for these shops and was able to pick up some stuff. So um, if you missed out, oh, no, I missed out. Record store day, I'm not going to get any of these. They put all their a lot of places put their leftover stock online. So check out your local shops online store and you might be able to pick up a couple of things you're looking at. Like the more limited stuff will be gone by now, but yep. you can still get like there's a there's lots of great live albums out still. There's still a lot of great records out there to pick up. So, yeah, yeah. I know we wanted to try to do a show that we just couldn't do it with the timing this year. No. Possibly next year we'll be able to do something where we look at some of these uh some of these, uh, maybe we'll, as you know, as the year goes on, we can look at some of these special releases because there was some really good stuff that came out this year. There was, I mean, I think so. Like during COVID, it was all online. Yeah. Which for people like me meant I could get like really hard to find stuff because I didn't have to line up at a store for like three hours. <laughs> but now it looks like those days are gone, and now we're back to like in shop, in shop stuff. Yeah. The old, the old normal is back to the new normal. Yeah. yeah. Which is what it was yeah. intended for. You know, again, it's kind of like the brick and mortar piece yeah. of the music industry this is yeah. what it's for yeah but yeah. like i said be sure to check out your record stores online shop because they probably have stock up there and you can still cash in on a couple records you've been looking for so absolutely check that out the value palette review of the week coop get in there we got we got one of the people here on the show yeah, so John, you know, we we, we didn't do it last time because we knew we were on a tighter schedule but we always do a developing palette review of the week 
And there were a couple. I know there was one I, I put in there. Um, and I think Dave, you put one in there too. One um, of Dave's favorites. I can't mm. put both in there. Um, so let's start with Room One Hundred One Namakubi. Um, you guys liked it. Um, but you didn't like the price point. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. talk about the new normal. Um, you know, because <laughs> uh, there was some jabs going around in our private uh, private uh, industry chat room about uh, you know free samples and stuff. There's not a lot of free samples, baby. I mean, that's coming from the, yeah. the DP coffers, and uh, you know, we don't we don't mind uh, paying because we're paying for most of them now. But uh, man, when you you know when you're dropping uh, 18, 20, 20, 30 dollars for four guys, uh, boy oh boy, that adds up quick. Yeah, I know. We just had a similar thing. We just dropped some coin on uh, as well. But um, look, one comment I'll make on that, John. Um, I didn't. I didn't think that smoked like the original Namakubi. I mm -mm. thought it smoked like Namakubi Ecuador. Yeah. I, I did not taste anything remotely close to the original Namakubi with that cigar. Yeah. And I mean, it'll be interesting, uh, assuming, I don't even know if Boofy's at the show this year, but uh, it'll be interesting talking to him about, you know, blend philosophy to say, you know, were you looking to bring any, in, any ingredients, any components of the original into the new one, or were you looking for a fresh break? Um, because sometimes, you know, when you reimagine or re-release a cigar, sometimes you throw a little, a little juice in there just to give people a taste of what the original was. Uh, and sometimes you make a clean break. And I feel like this was a clean break. I did not get, you know, what the original was, uh, was quite a bit, quite a bit different than, than what the new one was for sure. Yep. And I'm looking at the, uh, Scar Coop big board of companies and they are listed as coming. Okay, well there so we will, go. So we can get some inside. Ins if if he's got time, yeah, you know he's yep. got time. Yep, I'm kidding because he always makes time. He's he very good time. about that. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, and then the other one was the Tricky Traka 448, which I yeah. think was the best of the soccer releases last year, of that new size, that small petite, that petite Corona that you can't. Well, it's not really a petite Corona. It's like four by 48 is what I'm going to say. I mean. I you guys like that one? Well, Aaron liked that one. Listen, I don't. I don't want to give. I don't want to swell Saka's head more than it already uh, is. But uh, <laughs> you know, when you've got a blend that's already hitting, and you're like, "I'm gonna do a new size," it's like, "Okay, man, you got a hot girl. You're gonna put her in a skirt. Of course, she's still gonna be hot. Come on, you put it in a four 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 eight. Of course, it's still gonna be good. It's a good blend. You, you know, I don't think Saka's gonna screw that up. So I think the surprise for us was that uh, Loomis came out oh. swinging for the fences yeah six 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 eight two i six, uh, eight, two i didn't think he he went to numbers over five Look, i had to talk like about 93 that's like a 93 on like my site yeah it's, i don't give a lot of those out yeah well for for aaron honestly that's uh the probably like score. a 95 because you know that's like, that, like, that's gonna be number one unless something tops it at this point for him. Seriously, I mean, that could be one, a number, number one. one. Yeah, that could be number one on his list uh, for the year. And so I think we are because a lot of us don't look at the scores before the show. Kind of leads to more interesting conversations. So to see a six, I mean six eight two out of Seth, you know, whatever. But uh, Aaron, <laughs> wow, holy crap! Yeah. Wow, wow, yeah, and uh, you know, it's not like Aaron throwing soccer love. He has been very hard on some of these soccer. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so uh, I, I agree with him. I thought this was, that was, you know, because Stillwell star and um, the, uh, what was the other? Oh, the uh, Paladin de Saka. 
um, the unreleased Paladin de Saga, which was the number two consensus cigar of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're definitely overshadowing the uh, the 448. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, you know, I'm a, I'm a thrifty guy. So, you know, if I can, no offense, you know, buy the Paladin if you can, if you, if you get the ducats, but uh, Johnny Two Cents over here would rather smoke a handful of 448s. You know, it's just, uh, yep. it's kind of an economy of scale thing for me, you know? Yep. Yep. All right. So let's, speaking of smokes, let's get into what we are smoking tonight. Uh, Dave, you, you have a warhead. Which warhead are you smoking? The seven. Yeah. Oh, I see. Doug, new school. I was, uh, I was buying some cigars online and I noticed that they still were selling it. So I'm like, oh. I better get in there. So I picked up another five. And uh, yeah, I love the Warhead series and I love the cigar. So I was happy to see some still in the wild. I could go get before they're all gone. So pick some more up. Nice. Nice. Uh, I am smoking. And Hector, you may be able to add a little more light into this one. It's the fair warning. Fair warning. Uh, This is a a cigar made uh, by Lazona, by Espinosa for Caravan Cigar Company in Bath, Pennsylvania uh, for Brian Lewis. Uh, this is a new size. This is uh, I actually clipped it already, but it's a uh, box press Toro with the Rabito cap. I believe Hector, it's a six by fifty. It's a six by. I think it's a six by fifty. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and what's cool is this is another one of the Espinosa barber poles, um, which has candela uh, and Brazilian Oscuro wrapper. Brazilian. Um, I I smoked the Rabuso. The Rabuso was fantastic. I mean, I was joking around with Brian. I said. Espinosa should have kept that one for themselves. So. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, it is it's a good, this uh, is a really good barber. We are kind of stuck in a in a barber pole uh, vortex. I mean, we've made four or five now. Uh, we made one for a fine ash in Arizona. Uh, we've made one for him, and then we put a we put a couple in the elite program. Yeah, uh, they're not just novelties. They actually come no. out pretty good. Well, they they do pretty good for us. I mean, and and Hector pool party for protocol was really good. Uh, you know, and I've been a little harder on their limiteds that they've done. And that was a very good limited. They did. Aaron was also high on the pool party too. Yeah. Hard to believe more than better than average. I mean, you can't, you know, I'll take it. Don't get me wrong. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. yeah. All right. And John, you are smoking something in the, uh, Lazona family as well. That's right. Keep it in the family. A little uh, Bass Reeves Maduro action. Uh, um, it seemed like the uh, the right fit for tonight. It's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a nice, pleasant afternoon. And then uh, just so it doesn't get blown out, I went with a little <laughs> little whiskey action here. A little Mia Geekio twelve. Yep. Uh, soft but but elegant, just like the uh, just like the Bass Reeves Maduro. Soft like but cigar. elegant. So I like that cigar so very much. That yeah, you know. Well, I've talked about it on the, or we'll be talking about it on the review, but, um, you know, they have the natural I Maduro. I like the Maduro. I think mm. it's more than average. I think it's better than average. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think you'll see that reflected in the scores when the uh, video comes out. Dave, did I send you that? I nah. think I'm OK. I have, I'll get you those. I have some for you then. I think I sent you something else. I think I, sent I had you the. That. Elliot what, was the, what was the Elliot Ness, which I really Ooh, enjoyed yeah. as well. I'm very excited for that cigar. Yeah. Yeah. The Lawman series. Yeah. So I got something I could send you. Yeah. One, one, one took care of us. So I'll get that. Mass Reeves, legendary lawman. Yeah. And you'll have a fair warning, a couple fair warnings. Oh, look at this. I'm just getting all the Espinosa like, stuff. Yeah. I'm well, excited. Hopefully, your cake, hopefully, your cake, <laughs> hopefully it gets that faster in your cake mix. So <laughs> the, Dolly Parton, the Dolly Parton cake mix has been shipped to Dave. So, uh, 
I am smoking a uh, a sample of something yet to come. So a little secret sauce, <laughs> a little, little secret squirrel. I'm, I'm yep. smoking a little swagoo. Yeah, right here. So Hector, can you give us a, a dose more volume? Are you able to do a little more volume? Of course, of course. Okay, I can. hold on. Okay, one moment, please. <laughs> one moment, please. The gerbil. Just Matt? tell it. Go ahead. You hear me now? Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, much better. Yep. Oh. Uh, uh, secret sauce. Secret little sauce. Secret sauce. Little swagoo for you. How's the secret? How's the secret sauce smoking? Can you give us any insight? Uh, it's the same one I posted yesterday. And listen, uh, one of the things I, one of the first things I noticed when I got into the cigar industry, is that when you buy your own cigars, uh, you smoke them until you can, until your fingers are hot. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> try when, try buying them and then paying tax on them from customs. Hey, you smoke God, them till God save the queen. God save. <laughs> the queen. Who told you guys you could one could have moved to Vermont and the other one could have stayed in New Zealand? All right, so uh, so when you when you one of the things I noticed when you get in the cigar industry, you don't a lot of guys in our industry don't smoke more than half the cigar, uh-uh. half the cigar, and then mm. off it's you know, or especially me who I'm always constantly trying stuff that we're making. I might go through half and, and, and I'll go to the next one. I actually smoked this till like there was an inch left. So I'm very, I'm very excited with what, what's, what I got going on here. So uh, let's uh, fingers crossed, you know? Awesome. Awesome. So we'll be enjoying these cigars as we now get into uh, the brackets. Yeah, let's do it, man. Bracket time. All right. So, so Coop, yeah. Kick us off on your trends. What you noticed, just get into like, the, the early rounds here as we yeah. talk about our final and we, four. And we can dive into the brackets as well, uh, which I, which are not coming up, of course. Um, but as we're doing that, let me just kind of there were some observations that I had um, on on this. And, and in case for folks who haven't been following, we have we're down to we have each of us drafted um, a series of eight albums. Uh, we seeded those albums. And we put them into brackets, one, eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. We put them out uh, to vote. And um, basically, from that point on, uh, people started voting. Now, uh, the final four that came out were Nirvana's Nevermind, mm-hmm. Pearl Jam's 10, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill, and Metallica's Black Album. And what the interesting thing was about this... Uh, I had a few notes I just made with, with this is first of all, three of the four number one seeds made, made the final four. The only one that didn't make the final four was the, the, that was a, the only number one. The only one that wasn't a number one, I should say was Dave uh, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, mm. um, which uh, is the deepest a woman has ever made it into one of these tournaments we've done. That's what she said. And, <laughs> and, and they both, and uh, Lauren, well, Lauren Hill won. Lauren Hill, Hill won, won as well. Right. So I was I was with Chad T. Chad in Miami, right? And we were just talking about. I was telling, him, hey, this is coming up, and we were just talking. I said, here's what Dave's gonna do. He's gonna be the only one to draft female artists, right? Because they have done yeah. so bad in this tournament, right? With the exception of like Aretha Franklin. And I said, eh, they're gonna be out in the first round, right? Instead, Dave gets not only does he get two wins in the first round, but he gets uh he gets Alanis Morissette into the final four. Uh, so I really underestimated that album is what I'll tell you, Dave, uh, as we get into it. That was a big surprise in the final four for me. I was surprised about that as well. Like just I thought it would win, but I didn't think it would like beat out Radiohead and like other stuff. Yeah, because uh, oh. I see it at three, I think you had a seat at three. Yep. And um, 
the thing is that the other thing what I'll say is that was interesting was um, Radiohead was your one seed. Uh, OK, computer. Yeah. And what happened with that was, um, you know, Radiohead, you've had Radiohead every year in this tournament in one form. Or <laughs> I tried so hard, Hector, to get him going. <laughs> right. And, and, and they, they let did. you and they did they did win a couple of matchups, unlike the they had some they had uh, some they were booted. They were booted the first rounds and the other ones. But this year, Radiohead did get you uh, into the Elite Eight, where Alana's <laughs> pulled off a major upset here. Yeah. Um, Tom, and Tom York cares not about you. Yeah. I try. I, I try every every one band yeah. album. I try. I try Hector. I try to get him up. Yeah. I mean, you can't say that those aren't dominant rounds. I mean, when you're winning your round by seventy percent, I mean that's that's a pretty one sided victory for Radiohead. Both both yeah. brackets, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Radiohead, like I said, one two one over Portishead, which has a good cult following, right? Yeah, yeah. And, Hi, and but it, she's so sour. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, they went up. They went up against Lauren Hill, who had a victory over Nas. I that was an upset. I I was. Mm, uh, yeah. You know, you look at the fifty eight percent. That was still an upset. I didn't see Lauren Hill winning that first round matchup, and then Radiohead just cruised. Uh, I'm really curious if uh, Skip thinks he could have turned the uh, turned the tables on that if he'd been voting for a Nasalmatic. Oh, uh, that's yeah. the problem. I think he doesn't understand that it's not. It's not. Listen, I mean, we and I told you this when we first started. These are not my eight favorite albums, right? No. But these are the albums that I thought would win. That's yeah. what my, I, yeah. my 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 eight would be almost as bad as Dave's. Yeah. I would, <laughs> it would be the best. Yeah. Yeah. My I, if when because Dave played with his heart. I give. Dave I do. He, yeah. play, he plays with his heart. You know, he would have said, OK, computer, I would have picked the bends yeah. and then the whole thing. And, yeah. you know, and if you look at the screen here, um, when the Beastie Boys crushed Public Enemy the way they I did, was shocked, at that. I was also shocked. I and thought they were going to the final four. I thought they were going to the final four at that point. I, I wonder. So we, we talked in the green room a little bit about, you know, changing from uh, uh, group to album. Right. And I think that was a good choice to go to an album. And I wonder how many people have not heard Fear of the Black Planet and mm. that kind of played I, against I, them. I agree. Mm. I agree with you on that. That's I think a good that's point. A, yeah. yeah. You may have had an eight, early 80s, early 90s versus late 90s thing. Going mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And, and that was another observation. The Earl and a few people caught on to this on, on Facebook and Twitter as well. The early 90s were much more dominant. Look at the final four, three albums from 1991. So, I mean, it was which is it just equate it, it's it's gonna mirror your listening audience uh -huh. it, it totally does you have it, an audience totally like our, your audience is over 30 here right but obviously a lot of our audience are getting in touch with their inner femininity by uh voting for Alanis. Right. no it's like most of our audience <laughs> most of our audience these guys went to Lilith fair to try to scam on chicks that's what, hey that's man the album hey the album speaks for itself but right there Alanis had the most airplay of all of the four albums on radio. Oh, no I'm question. Talking, yeah. And I no think question. that played a big role into the Coop, uh, how she got into the final four. Coop, there's no pressure over a cappuccino, baby. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them all today, David. I've got one loaded for every band. <laughs> yeah. Now, now ah. do you think, do you think how much of the audience do you think actually knows that Alanis Morissette is Canadian? Like, would you oh, say more oh. than more than 15%? I, I think more than that. No, yeah. <laughs> I'd go the under with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that. Canadian. I agree with that. Now, here's another observation I'll make. Um, I think hip hop did good, but they couldn't mm. get over the top. 
Uh-huh. Uh, they could not get out of the Elite Eight. I mean, so, you know, when we go over to, for example, John's bracket, which I thought was mm. very interesting, and we'll get to Hector's as well. Mm. Um, I, you know, Wu-Tang Clan tr- proved to be the uh, the big surprise. Um, I think Wu-Tang Clan made a real run at this thing. Um, and I know the vote at the end, of, it was they lost the Pearl Jam, but Wu-Tang Clan was hanging mm. in there early in the voting. But look at the victories by Wu-Tang Clan. They, they uh Beating Notorious B.I.G. Now, I was expecting that to be a, a pretty close battle because, uh, you know, I, I intentionally made that and maybe I should have thought that a little closer. Um, but I figured that was going to be a tight fight for Wu-Tang versus Notorious. But then I was shocked when when uh, Wu-Tang crushes guns. Crushes, crushes GNR. So you talk, talk mm. about your audience. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know the audience because I would have figured, listen... GNR baby, like that was that that defined for me the early '90s. You could not not even talk about radio play for Alanis. There was no time that you could turn on the radio and not hear GNR from that mm. album. It just wasn't possible. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, and they just got they just got crushed. Yeah, they, they mm. crushed. Wu-Tang I, I baby. Uh, I was very surprised on that. And you know, Pearl Jam really did well. I mean, it Pearl Jam was 68 to 77% range. Every matchup was a blowout pretty much in the end. Uh, Tool, Nine Inch Nails, and Wu-Tang. Uh, you know, and I thought that Wu-Tang matchup was going to be, would, would remain close because Wu-Tang just had this following. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got behind the, the Wu-Tang here. I mean, they really did. Mm. So, so that was but, another. But in the end, man, can't, can't fight that grunge battle. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, grunge seemed to beat out hip hop is what happened here. Which Um, is interesting because it's sort of like the 90s is kind of a golden age for both of those genres. Like it was a golden age for hip hop and also grunge sort of defined the decade. So it's interesting that, you you know, know they they always say that your musical taste eventually stops growing at one point. Yeah. And and hip hop has continued to flourish since the 90s. Yeah. Where where grunge is now a, a file in misery. It's the the, the classics, as they say, on, on, on the classic radio play, which is, <laughs> you know, I, I just imagine Kurt Cobain coming back from the dead and and yelling at radio producers like this is not this is not classic music, my friend. Welcome yeah. to your classic radio station. And now, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, and the other one, you know, I'll just mention is that uh, I wasn't surprised that Guns N' Roses would beat the Tragically Hip. No, me neither. Um, I was hoping, I was I was hoping my Mario. Canadian brothers would step up and make, make it a fight, but they were they were too they were too polite. They're too kind, yeah. too yeah. conscious. Yeah, yeah, it was too kind as well. Now, now Hector Alfonso had a very interesting bracket um, mm. because Hector had the closest to what I would call a chalk bracket, uh, yeah. where there were no there, there were no big upsets that happened here. Just the, um, Poppy, just the way Poppy planned it. Except that Snoop Dogg, that's Eminem and Snoop Dogg was the, actually even though it was sixty that was, to forty, that was, was a dog a, fight. There was a tiebreaker. We had to go an extra day with that. But it's the four and five matchups. They're very similar. They're, they're very, they're, and it was very similar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, I wasn't surprised about Green Day going down to Doctor yeah. Dre because I think in with our audience, there's an anti Green Day. There's anti Green Day people out there that yeah. you know they can't get past the music. There's things they don't like. I think about them, and you know, Doctor Dre, the American American idiot still lingers. It still lingers. I mean, so I think that was in people's head. Um, but Dr. Dre was uh, when it made it to the finals of, of Hector's bracket and was winning over Nirvana the first day. 
Mm-hmm. And that's like we were going to see an ups, a big upset there. That's my favorite matchup out of all of them. Is and that it was that right grunge hip? It was a big grunge oh. hip hop showdown. I don't, I don't know if you could have had. I don't know if you could have had two more dominant albums face oh. off there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I if you'd picked across all of our brackets, any other album to face off against Nirvana, I don't think it would have been that close. Can you go I'll down a little bit? Yeah. Go down a little bit on the screen. That's, if you're that's, that's what she right, said. You, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and here's what I'll say. I, I think if Dr. Dre was in one of our other brackets, Dr. Dre might have made a final. Mm-hmm. I, I really well, do. I, well, what I love about that matchup is just historically, you kind of have two albums that are going to define those genres for the next decade plus. Yeah. So, like, Dre's production and who he unearthed for that record, like having Snoop Dogg and other stuff on there, is really going to chart the trajectory of hip hop for the next 10 years, as well as Nirvana and their music is going to chart sort of like your sort of pop mainstream for the next 10 years. So like that record for those two genres, that that matchup is just Titanic. It, it, like it's it was, amazing matchup. It, it, it was. And Skip mentioned that as well. I think Especially with Dr. Dre, he's not he's like, yeah, Dr. Dre changed it. No doubt. Mm. And, and, and Hector, this was a really good job on a bracket. I got to just say, um, like I said, they, these might not be my favorite albums, but the way you stacked them up um, to kind of get that matchup was was really good. I wanted the best hip hop record to, to face off against the best yeah. grunge record. That's and that's what, ha- that's what happened. That's what happened. I look at this with whichever one. And I not not this not to disparage you guys. You guys are my friends. But I figured if I get if I have the two, if I got the two alpha dog, if I got an alpha in each one of these, this will be the one. This is one's going to take me to the finals. Yeah. So oh. now I do think this would have been a different story if you were talking about overall overall artist, because again, you know, Nirvana, you've got a limited record set versus mm. Dr. Dre, who's been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. There's a lot greater depth of albums to pull from. But when you know that's one of the interesting things when you narrow it down to the focus of just one album, it gets a little bit tighter. When Dave and mm. I did this last year with, with the artists, Dave's final was between um, Nirvana and Jimi Hendrix, both who had small, also Ample small size. windows. Interesting. And and I I think which what happened is Dave and I we saw with that with the artist stuff, the the '60s artists always had the advantage. Mm. So Jimi Hendrix ended up uh, pulling it out, uh, is what happened. And that was an upset. I thought that was still an upset, but yeah. I just what I love about that matchup is the more I looked at it, the more I listened to both of those those uh, records and like I learned about myself Hector from that matchup. I love that matchup. It is incredible. It, it really oh. was. It really was everything that I think we were trying to accomplish in the tournament. Like, oh. That could have been a final four matchup easily mm-hmm. um, and no one would probably dispute it. Uh, the fact you had two uh, and look Green Day shouldn't be disputed. Uh, that was a, you know, they had a very good that Dookie album is a um, it's it's a uh, it's, it's a huge. It's There's a huge. I mean, I, I think yeah, people yeah. maybe through the, the the lens of history have forgotten just how big Green Day was in yeah. the 90s. I mean, oh, Green yeah. Day was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, like I said, but I had American Idiot not come along. Yeah, it's all about slotting. Had I put Dre at three at four yeah. or five, it would have been a different mm. situation. Yeah, uh-huh. I agree. Oh. Uh, but I think, too, that that Dre matchup got a lot of. Uh, interest like a lot of facebook comments and stuff it yeah. really uh, got the people moving hector it, well it, yeah it got a lot of votes that matchup your, your your timing couldn't have been better with a super bowl performance am i right that's true look at that yeah look at you <laughs> 
Horse uh, I didn't raise no dummy. I'm yeah. not just another pretty face. I'm just <laughs> um, what's funny about my brackets is they went I'm almost exactly as I thought they were going to go, except for uh, Billy Joel beating Meatloaf. That was the only yeah. one I thought. But I thought Counting Crows was going to beat you too. Well, why, uh, did you, did, why did you? Why did you? Why did you slate them? Why did you uh, put them in that numeric order? Um, wanted, I do love that. Act on Baby is a great album. I mean, I like it mm. better than. Oh, it's a great record. I love oh, Counting yeah. Crows, August and everything after. But I thought Counting Crows was a legitimate uh, final eighteen. And I'll say this: Counting Crows made. Let me tell you, in the final against Metallica, they were down at like at one point ninety percent to like. 91% to 9%. And this was with a lot of votes in oh, the right. second day counting crows votes just started coming in and it closed the gap uh, with Metallica big time. And it ended up only being 56, 44. They lost, I think by like three votes or something like that. Um, I was not surprised about the counting crows. Doing it. There really wasn't much surprises that I saw on mine. Mm. Other than I, the Billy Joel one, I felt I shouldn't be totally surprised, but, but he was up against Meatloaf, and I thought maybe mm. with Meatloaf passing, but but again, a lot of people can connect with Billy Joel's River of Dreams. It was his last album, and it was very well received, that last album. Mm. So, um, like I said, I think there's a little bit of a backlash on you, too, these days. Yeah. Um, well, that was So that was one of the points that Dave brought up, and I think is really salient here with the YouTube conversation. If you could go back 25 years and redo this 25 years ago, I think you two would have done a lot better in this yeah, bracket yeah, yeah, yeah. because I think yeah. it's, you know, it's it, really what it is. It's you two exhaustion. I think yeah. the people are maybe a little yeah, tired sure. of you two because 25 years ago, you two would have, would have won that entire series by mm, mm. 70 plus percent in my yeah. mind. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I agree. And, you know, Metallica had, uh, I think a couple of tough matchups sent a lot of people like that Santana supernatural album. Yeah. yeah that surprised me that that matchup. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, I, I love that album a lot. Um, and, you know, like I said, Counting Crows, I just think uh, a lot of people, uh, someone said it, that Counting Crows, they really never duplicated that first album, but they, they've had a no. very good career. I think Counting Crows, are, I think they're borderline Hall of Fame. I thought for sure they would have been Hall of Fame when after that first album, but I think they're borderline Hall of Fame going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, but not, a, I mean, I picked Metallica. We'll get into it more, you know, because it was a monster selling album. Uh, so. Yeah, if the heels of success of Justice for All, um, you know, mm. the greatest upset in music yeah. history, um, you know, I think that was that was a pretty profound follow up album because uh, they managed and, and I think you talked about this, Cube, they, they managed to adapt their sound from the sort of trend of the late 80s and, and do what, you know, you'd call a strategic move to make your sound still authentic to what your band is, but make it a little bit more approachable for that radio play, a little bit more approachable for the, you know, quote unquote, mainstream American audience. I, I, I completely agree on that. I just, uh, as well. Um, before we kind of get into our, our and we're going to make our cases for each of our albums. What was the biggest upset you guys thought in this tournament that you saw? Um, I was... I guess, I mean, the Counting Crows one did surprise me a little bit just because I love that album so much, the U2 record. Uh-huh. I think that was the big, that that for me was the biggest surprise. And I think even though I seated it higher, I was shocked that Alanis beat Smashing Pumpkins by that much. I was I, too. I, that was mine. That's the one I think it is. I think I, the, I, I was surprised. I thought Smash, I had Smashing Pumpkins advancing too. 
I, it was like I can't, 70 sorry. to 20 or something. It was like, it was huge. I kind of wonder again, I think that's a little like the YouTube fatigue where I think smashing pumpkins, people have got a little smashing pumpkins fatigue. And I think again, if you'd gone back 25 years, smashing pumpkins could have gone the, the whole way potentially. Yeah, um, but I, I think people are just, you know, they've listened to smashing pumpkins for so yeah. long that perhaps mm. they've got a little fatigue. And, and if you go back and listen to that album, you know, legitimately listen to that album before you vote. I think people mm. might have a different take on that. I was surprised it was that that big of a gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I go back. I still think the Beastie Boys victory over Public Enemy. Yeah, I, I thought it would be a close matchup, um, but I didn't expect 80 to 20. And then Olanis beat turning around, beating the Beastie Boys. I thought again, I thought the Beastie Boys was going to the final four after that. Yeah, after that victory over Public Enemy. I thought they'd knock out Radiohead for sure. So public animal, public animal. <laughs> <laughs> Got to clean things out. Yeah, you know. Um, I I was very surprised in my early brackets. Uh, Depeche Mode losing to Nine Inch Nails. Um, mm. I, I think both both albums are excellent. Uh, I would be hard pressed to choose between those two albums. I just thought that would have been a much much closer fight. And, and again, yeah. I wonder how much of that is people maybe still haven't heard that album as much as they should have, because that listen violator is to me, one of the top 10 albums that came out of the nineties. Um, I think it's still under, uh, underappreciated. Um, yeah, I, I thought that would have been a much, much closer fight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I can, I can't argue that. Um, and then, you know, um, I, I guess Wu Tang, I, I don't think it was a huge upset, but uh, over gun, but in the first round, but the Guns N' Roses one surprised me as well. Yeah, that was that was the other one. I just underestimated the Wu Tang Clan support. Mm. Don't have, never underestimate the Wu Tang. Don't oh, underestimate no. the Wu Tang. You got to protect your neck. That's right. Yep. Oh, that album's so good. Uh, yep. That so, Wu Tang record. So we are now down to four albums. And uh, don't forget when people vote on their albums, there's nobody looking over their shoulder. They don't have to be cool. Yeah. They can, you know, yeah. they can choose, you know, they can choose and not have to, you know, not have, yeah. to, not have uh, to worry about somebody saying, Do you pick yeah. that album? Yeah. Uh. You know, I'll say the last thing is I thought the um I thought, you know, the voting was clean. You know, I always worry about someone kind of getting into one of these things and, and roboting it. And it has it's, I think mm. it's going to happen eventually. I'll just say there is a robot rule on Coop. Uh, it will it will the matchup will be eliminated if that happens. Yeah. So uh, if we ever see anything like that. But most people kept it pretty, you know, and I don't mind people say, hey, support the band or anything. I think we want to get people engaged with that, too. Um, we don't want people giving away free boxes of cigars on that. Either, of but, course. Yeah. Uh, hey, and if you're going to robot. Check out my post on Lazona tomorrow. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're gonna five pack. <laughs> if you're gonna robot a band, robot Radiohead, like throw them a bone. It's been three brackets now, and they've just been smoked. And you know what? Tom York doesn't care. <laughs> Tom York doesn't <laughs> no. care. He prefers it. He's probably he voting for it. other bands so that they don't win. That's what he's yeah. probably doing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, so yeah, we have these final four albums right now, um, and the way we did it is. Since Hector had the first pick and I had the fourth pick, so I'm playing Hector. It's going to be uh, Nirvana's Nevermind against Metallica's Black oh, Album. I love oh, that matchup. That I love matchup. it. I yep. love it. Yep. So, uh, you know, I think that's that's the first one. And then the other one is, uh, you know, since John was the third pick, Dave was the second pick. 
It's Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill up against um, Pearl Ten. Jam's 10. So definitely a very... I'd like to thank Alanis for her participation in the... Uh... Uh, uh, I would not rule Alanis out on this thing. I will go on. If Alanis beats uh, Pearl Jam, Alanis wins the whole tournament. They're I... the Loyola Marymount mm. in this bracket. All right. They're this year's Davidson. Uh, they are. I mean, they're they're She still was a third seed. Um, is what I'll say. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie that uh, in my heart of hearts, I would love to see the the grunge super off between ten and never mind. I think that would be. I mean, there's no winners. There's no winners out of that because uh, mm. I mean, that's just gonna be. You can't pick a favorite son there, and I I think that would be a very very tough matchup. That's this. That's the <laughs> matchup I would like to see. However, I don't think it's going to go that way. I think I think we're going to see some upsets. Uh, I think we're mm. going to I think we're going to see some upsets too on this, um, for sure. Um, as, as you know, we get into this, um, I just don't know how the voting is going to go. That's that's the part. Uh, you know, that's the part that surprises me. You know, sometimes it just a lot's going to be who comes out in the voting as well. Mm. I I will say that it would have been cool. Just from uh, covering off the 90s, it would have been cool to have hip hop representation in the final four. You know, if we mm. could have had Alanis versus Nevermind versus um, versus, you know, Chronic versus yeah. Metallica, that kind of yeah. would have checked every box. Mm. Yeah. But it wasn't to be. I yeah, agree. Um, and let me just pull this up real quick. So people, people, if they're watching and you want to follow along at home. Uh, let me just do this. There you go. And I, right. I do wonder how much we're going to see, because how, how long does each bracket voting last? Coop? Two days, 48 hours. Two days? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I wonder if we're going to see some strategic voting to see people maybe kind of let that initial surge on, because we saw that a little bit with the day one surges and then the sort of second day bands coming back. And I wonder in some of these brackets if we're going to see a little bit of that going on. What we tend to see, Dave and I have seen, is the underdogs tend to get votes earlier on because those people will immediately vote. But then when mm. some of the when and, and we don't publish how anyone's doing. So you have to vote like we try not to give away who's winning. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And we may say something here or there, you know, but but we don't put up the numbers. Right. So but usually that second day is when you see the uh, the favorite. That was what was so weird about Counting Crows and Metallica, how Counting Crows came back on the second day. I had never seen something like that happen in any of the voting before. Um, I'll try and keep it to under three hours, but the Nirvana Metallica matchup is historically, musically, is it, it, I want a 30, I want a whole mini series on that matchup because. It's sort of like you have Metallica, that black album is like the end of the big metal revival in the 80s, sort of ended in 91, where you have Metallica kind of putting that album out. And then you have Ozzy Osbourne putting, putting um, was it No More Tears? Was that the name of that record? The, that record out. And then you had Nirvana come in with Nevermind. And then Nirvana and Pearl Jam just flattened metal, like for the next, you what? Six, seven years, years at least. Yeah. Seven years? Yep. Until like kind of corn and like system of a down and those other bands sort of revive metal again, like Slipknot. Um, so like just historically, that matchup is sort of like the end of one era and the beginning of another. And I love that matchup. 
I love it. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And then you look at Alanis, um, she, I mean, she changed the female pop scene uh, really you in could, 95. Yeah. I mean, you could argue because her record came out in 95. You could argue her record doesn't sound like that without 10 or Nevermind. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. You could definitely make that argument. Now, whoever wins, we're going to do a show dedicated to the album. The only catch is Alanis. We did, we, already. we did jag a little pillory. So we'll do, I guess, an Alanis show if that happens. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll highlight her career. Is what and then doing. everyone has a Canadian flag hanging behind them, right? Is that? Yeah, exactly. And it, 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 hockey playoffs will be in effect. You got to wear yep. your favorite hockey shirt. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and ideally, uh, it would be a classic, a throwback jersey. Sweater. Sweater. Yeah. A sweater. Oh, that's sweater. right. Yeah. Yeah. The old wool Ooh. sweaters. Yeah. But look at that 1991, uh, how it's hey, slanted. No, no, no mention of the <sighs> hockey player we lost last week. Mm. Mike Bossy? No. Guy LaFleur. Guy LaFleur, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and Hector, Guy LaFleur and Mike Bossy. I mean, growing up with the two, like Gila Floor came first and then Bossy came after that. I mean, you look at those those frontline players, they were just goal scoring machines, those two guys. And, mm. and I think I think one of the things about Guy is that he perhaps was at the forefront of what you call hockey, uh, hockey celebrity, if you know what I mean. Like he wasn't just a hockey player. He was a personality. And yeah. you certainly had personalities in hockey but not to the same degree as Guy. I mean, this guy, you know, he could have been in movies. Like he just had such a force of personality. Um, so, you know, for him to do as well on the ice as he did off the ice, I mean, he certainly captured Quebec as a whole. I mean, he was, you know, he was the guy. He yeah. was, he was you the Remember when man. he went to play for Quebec at the end of his career? Yeah. Yeah. And he came to New York for a while uh, towards the end of that, like after Montreal. And he was like Broadway Joe. Yeah. It was a big deal when he came to New York, even though he was very much at the end of his career by that point. Yeah. But it was uh, like, like he was a true hockey. He, he was a true hockey star that came. Uh, and as great as Bossy was, uh, I mean, he did not have the popularity that that Giggle Floor had. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly surprised that some of the older uh, hockey players have made it as long as they have. I mean, they, di- they didn't have, uh, you know, supplements and nutritional uh, counselors. And, you mm. know, they, they were they were drinking a fifth. Before the game, they're probably doing a bump kind of mid series <laughs> and then uh, probably doing a fifth after the game. Uh, you know, they did. They, they lived. They lived the rock and roll lifestyle in hockey. So for these guys to kind of make it into their 70s, kind of impressive, to be frank. Yep. Put on the foil. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So let's get into the albums here. And we'll start off with the guy who has the number one seed. And I think the favorite right now. Catbird seat, man. Uh, he's the guy to beat right now. He's got the album yeah. to beat. Uh, Nirvana's Nevermind, a, a monster. We've talked about how a groundbreaking album. Hector, this is your chance to make a case for Nirvana right now. The big hello, matchup. You have a big hello, matchup against me. Hello, hello, oh. hello. Listen, it, it is <clears throat> Rolling Stone and Spin Magazine have both ranked it the number one album of the night. OK, it has the luxury. I think when it comes to when it comes to this contest, it was an album in the early 90s when music changed. We you know, what was what was leaving in the 80s? What was leaving in the late 80s? The, 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 they had the first those that the, the second, I guess, the second iteration of hip hop with uh, mm. Public Enemy, uh, 
the second British invasion was over. Yep. The cure was, yep. you know, the cure and the Smiths and those guys. That was over. Oh, the cure, you know, man. This this changed music, and what made it and what made this band so big was its use of MTV. I mean, mm. listen, the MTV, they were all over MTV. They're, not only is this album big, don't forget the acoustic album. Mm, yeah, the unplugged, the, yeah. Album, the unplugged that they did. Nirvana, mm. Nir, 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 all the boxes that we want to check for this album to win. Mm. Album early in the 90s. Is the, it's the, 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 when you think of grunge, Nirvana is mm. the first band you think of. Absolutely. Mm. Tormented genius who kills himself. Bad wife who, you know, uh, <laughs> bad, bad marriage with everything. He is just the, he wraps up the, he's the epitome of young talent, lost way too early, band with mm. a lot of talent, uh, you know, music that was different. Had you ever heard anything like Nirvana no. when Nirvana mm. came out? No. All right. And that's, mm. you know, listen, I, I wish I could, I could wax on poetically about Nirvana. But some things are just, you know, some things mm. you don't have to. It's Nirvana. It's the it's the band that I mean, you know, it's it's the band that everybody remembers from the 90s. Everybody that everybody who liked rock music knows Nirvana, mm. whether you became a grunge head, whether or not, whether you became whether you kind of gravitated more toward the cult or you graduated, more, you know, uh, or was a Pearl Jam or Soundgarden mm. later. Nirvana. Nirvana is the. Uh, Nirvana, what's the, uh, the what are, what are the what are the ones the, the the cavemen they found living in the caves of France? It's that's what, that's <laughs> the, the Neolithic gene. paintings, yeah. They are the gene, all right. They are the, they. Oh, look at that! And when I put my picture yeah. up, I, I crop the kids' cro cock out. Oh, but you know, <laughs> no, 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 Coop. Coop goes straight with the kitty hey, porn there, so that's we're that's not cool. really anybody up the air here. Yeah, that's true. So listen, I I just you know the, the the album is the album is incredible. You know, from a, from a visual standpoint, look at those four album covers. <laughs> it's i 90s. mean that's the 90s right there. yeah yeah, really yeah you're was. missing your that's the early 90s right well, atlantis is mid 90s but mid that's, the, that's the early 90s but, you, mean, you, but the day you know what it, yeah it was influenced by the early 90s heavily yeah you know what if you look at atlantis's cover she has integral elements of all three albums in her cover mm. she has the pearl jam sort of fuchsia red bottom left she has yeah. the, the Nevermind kind of water bottom right, top left. And then she has the black album on the right hand side. Mm, yeah. There you go. That's why it'll win. <laughs> hey, man, right listen, I love Atlanta's form set. I absolutely do. But I, in this contest, and it was a no. contest, I had to go with the albums that I thought would win, not yeah. the ones I liked. That's what because, we now. Because there would be, uh, it, you know, the my 10,000 Maniacs pick would have not gotten out of the first <laughs> All right, that's uh, mm -hmm. or my Fiona Apple pick would have not gotten out. Oh, of title one. man. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I I love the chicks. I yeah. love I loved all those little fair women. Yeah, I would I would have had Cheryl Crow's Gold Sessions. Sarah like, oh Lachlan. yeah, I would have you know yeah. Liz yeah. Fair. I love oh. I love mm. those. I love that whole uh, uh, little fair shit. Yeah, uh -huh. but listen, I just I just don't I I just can't. And and don't get me wrong, Pearl Jam. The first three out, the first three songs on that album are. Hits one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. Mm, and yeah. Metallica was never really my thing, mm. but I, I just don't know. I just don't know how Nirvana doesn't win. Uh, I mean, what Nirvana, what Nirvana did that song still, they took that pixie sort of song structure of like, you're kind of quiet, loud. So, like, quiet verse, loud chorus, quiet verse, loud chorus. And 
what still gets used now. And they really sort of amped it up to 11 and really like pushed it. There's, there's a guy who has a YouTube channel and it's, it's his name for, for his name escapes me right now. He has maybe 150, 200 episodes where he takes a song. He's a musician. So Rick Beato, Rick Beato, Rick Beato. Yep. And he did this song. Yep. And he shows just how, 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 how intelligent the arrangement was for this song. Mm. You know, the one he did for the cure. Oh, just like heaven yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, he he broke down tears for fears a couple of songs. At that yes, he did the tears. He, he's for a fears music one. theory. He's a music theory guy. And um, he did it. He did the XTC one. Yeah, and yeah. you know it's a shame because XTC never toured. You know, mm-hmm. I, well they toured very little because Andy Partridge has his. You know, he's he has a he has a thing about touring. He's performing live, but he did this breakdown, and I I saw it not too long ago. It's genius. Yeah. I mean that guy. That guy's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. That guy is a monster. Uh, following, and he like I said. You'll never listen to a song the same after hearing him break down a song. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, but I heard yeah, I heard what you were talking. One, the Tears for Fear one's incredible. Incredible, yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah, and we'll put a link into the show notes with that YouTube channel. We've mentioned him a few times on shows, Dave and I. in particular I have, um, because I'm a big fan of Rick Beato. Uh he's kind of the Brian Glenn of the uh music world. <laughs> yeah, you know, mm. uh, who is that guy? He's got a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> you know yeah, that's, that's yeah. he is, but he's you know he's also the guy that that YouTube's been going after, and like and Brian Glenn's been after going. They've been going after him as well. So I think there's some similarities with those two guys. Very possibly, very yeah. possible. Yeah. So that's my pitch. Plus, uh, if Nirvana wins, there'll be five packs for everybody. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. For for us, I mean, not for not for the audience. Participation trophies, right? No, yeah. there'll I mean, be a link. There'll be a link to a European. Listen, story I think Hector's just... gonna have. I think there's gonna be a little support Hector here. Uh, I know I'm up against that. Uh, there's no question about that. That's part of the contest. Who's the people? I am just... not, in any in any way, am I minimizing Metallica's influence? Trust me. No, I, I, I a lot of people love Metallica. They oh love, yeah, it's a, it's a monster. These are this is a this is a dream matchup, by the way. So for you, like they, well for, <laughs> for oh, I, I and I'll say I think Metallica's got a shot in this matchup, but it's the I, I agree. I think they do too. I mean, listen, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's just it, the the Nirvana guys might get high and forget to vote, so I'm screwed. Yep. Yeah, you know, don't yeah. don't underestimate the metalheads, man. Yeah, yep. it's just yep. it's just such a great matchup historically. Yeah, it's just so good. Yeah. Oh. All right, so let's go to Dave. If, we, if Hector, you're done. If you're not done, that's I am. Fine. I've got. I've got. There really. I, there's not much All I right. can say about these guys. Now you got to keep it to two and a half hours, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Dave, can Dave. I? Can I just talk about Nirvana for mine? Can I do that for my? Uh, no, I see you with a lot of you could you could comment on Nirvana, you certainly. But yeah. So I mean, I'm I am happy that that Alanis has gotten as far as she has. I mean, this is the latest album in '95. Um, with all the other ones in 91. Um, I think a lot of the influence of that record is more looking at sort of paving the way for women artists moving forward in that she took a lot of like the Tori Amos, Riot Girl sort of sound and really broke through with it. So like if you look at little, you know, like little earthquakes, or, you know, some of the Riot Girl stuff like Bikini Kill and stuff like that um, has a lot of what Alanis has in her record, but it never really broke through. Whereas she was able to take that sound and really break through with a lot of um, really feminist themes, a lot of themes on sexuality, but also like it's a really good coming of age record, which is why I think it did really well. Yep. In the sense that 
it's a lot of if you're listening to it when you're going to university like I was, it was a lot of sort of things that you were grappling with at the time as well, like a lot of relationship stuff, a lot of, you know, agencies sort of figuring out your identity, a lot of those sorts of things that I think people could relate to, which is why it might have done really well. Um, I love the record. I think also like a lot of what this record does moving forward, like we talked about title and we talked about other stuff Fiona Apple does, like, you know, flexible cutters and stuff like that. A lot of that, if you listen to that with this record, a lot of those elements are there in really sort of deconstructing music and stuff like that, which is what she sort of does a lot of a lot, a lot of ways. Um, I think what's holding it back maybe from winning is that if you look at Nirvana and Pearl Jam, like I said, like you could see those inspiring that record. Um, so it might hold it back in the sense that like uh, it's more of a applying those those things as opposed to like Pearl Jam and Nirvana, like breaking new sound, so to speak. But um, but no. And she's coming out in November to Australia to do a concert of the Jagged Little Pill. And I'm going nice, yeah. nice. So she can say thanks, Dave, for putting me in the, uh, you know, <laughs> but get her on the show. <laughs> but yeah, but no, that record. It, the record is just so good. And and I think I think it, it really takes a lot of the stuff from the early 90s and applies it in in a more accessible way. It really breaks a lot of ground for women artists. And I love that record. Yeah. Every, every time Taylor Swift does a revenge uh, track, it, yeah. honestly, it, it, it just it just takes me back to Alanis's album because like, you know, a lot of that is directly related to the stuff that Alanis did that nobody else was doing and nobody else was even considering doing. Every time Taylor Swift does one of those songs, she should send Alanis a royalty. Absolutely. Right? That's right. Well, Absolutely. I mean, if you look even like 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 PJ Harvey, we talked about, but like Alanis, PJ Harvey. Harvey, if you fast forward now to like Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish, like a lot of their sound wouldn't happen without those records. I don't think she's um, a forerunner. She's yeah. a forerunner yeah. in, in for, the, for the modern female artists. Yeah. You know, we did album archaeology on Jagged Little Pill last year, and we talked a lot about the making of this album. And the yeah, please on this record. Glenn, Glenn Ballard, who was the producer, was was an instrumental part of this yeah. uh, sound. But but of the four albums that are in here, Alanis has the one that had the most pop success. Mm. You can't underestimate that. Of course not. It has the most appeal. Casual fans, you know, casual fans listening to that album. It was all over the radio in '95 and '96. This this Mm. album, Uh, it it, it's and it's, you know, it's a masterpiece. This album's an absolute masterpiece uh, in my mind. It's it's certainly an album of the decade candidate. Oh yeah. Uh, Um, and it like I said, it changed the way from like, you know, the the a lot of the female artists we saw in the '80s, which. Madonna got a little more edgy later in the decade, mm. but you know, mm. she was very pop, pop friendly here. You had this angry woman, like talking about anger and stuff like well, that. Well, I think there's a lot of personal authenticity to what she's, you mm. know, like, like Madonna talks about uh, societal stuff and Alanis yeah. takes that whole thing and flips it on its head and talks about stuff that she's going mm. through that she's experiencing. Right. And that's where I think that that was, it was, a, it was a huge shift 
yeah. and people singing about, you know, you could almost say it's derivative of hip hop because hip hop up mm. to that point was all about telling stories about what was mm. going on in your life, in your neighborhood with your family. And mm. she kind of did a derivative pop version of that where she's like, this is all the shit that I'm going through in my personal life. And I'm just going to put it all on an album. Yeah. And, it, and people were like, whoa. Yeah. I think I think to compare it to Nirvana, where Nirvana, when Nirvana came out as a music listener, you're just captivated by the sound. You're like, I have never heard anything like this before. Right. Like, what is like, did this get sent from space? Like, what is this thing? <laughs> and and you were like, as a listener, you were captivated by the sound like this is unlike anything I've ever heard. Whereas I think what a lot different with a lot is like what you're saying, John, where you're more captivated by the songs themselves, like the songs were more accessible and more grounded lyrically than Nirvana, where Nirvana's sound, I think, is what got people as opposed to like lyrically, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, shit, there are still people who don't know what the hell he's saying in Team Spirit. You know, no, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he was like juiced up on heroin or whatever. I know, like, I know a mulatto, a, a my libido. What the, you know, what the hell, you know? I need Cheetos, words of rhyme. I need words of rhyme, Chris. Cheetos, Doritos. But it was that sound where on the Nevermind where you're like, it was just like nothing you've ever heard. It was, and, diff- it was so different, yeah. And where a lot of the sound might be familiar, but it's more like you're saying, John, it's more like the, the, the vulnerability and the personal nature of it that people could connect to. And listen, man, it, it, you know, we're bound here by the CRTC. So, you know, back in the day, uh, they had an easy out on the radio station because uh, they're like, well, listen, we're, you know, we need to we need to play Canadian content at the bottom of the hour. Yeah. Top of the hour. Guess what that content is, baby? Yeah. It's Atlantis yeah. all the time, nonstop. And uh, there was, you know, at least six, seven years of that yeah, every God, that hour. So big. And, and there are deep cuts on this album. Yes. Mm. Right. Like. Not the doctor is my favorite track on the album. It wasn't mm. one that was released as a single. She does perform it though. It, it the, the deep cuts on this album um are amazing. Prince is yep. familiar and no mm. pressure over cappuccino are <laughs> my two favorite songs. It's a, it's, a, it's a sealed deal right there. I mean it's it's a great album. It's a it's a front to back listen. It really is. Yeah. And I'm gonna I, I would I would it, and I'm and I'm gonna be honest with you. Of these four, the first one I would reach for is Alanis. I, I, no, but I'm trying, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to win. I yep. am trying to win I, a popularity contest. Yep. You know, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. Uh, it. Oh, it's just. Uh, it's just a great record. I think what might, for people that have listened to the show a lot, what might hurt it is the fact that we have done an album archaeology on it already, yeah. and people might be looking for like a different record. Yeah. But it's a great record. Yeah. By the way, this won a Grammy Award for Album of the Year. And it was absolutely deserving of it that year. It should win everything. It's win the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, like it's win everything out there. Right, settle, settle down. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> settle down. <laughs> I mean, Dave, you got a female artist in there, but you certainly have, I mean, as impactful one. Uh, oh, she's I, no Dolly Parton. I, oh, yeah. Well, this, I, I well, picked, who is picked, Hector? Come on. I would have picked this female artist. I think the best album was Cheryl Crow's Gold Sessions. This is second. But but like Hector said, there was no way Cheryl Crow was winning, winning. A, a, she, she didn't a, have the reach. No, the, like I've talked about her as being the now or never now of music. Like, how you know, this uh, this record should be in the Louvre. Like this record's incredible. Yeah, it, it, it really. And it beats them. You know, I remember the year one Jagged Little Pill, you know, it was a beat out Pearl Jam that year's Vitality, which was interesting. Yep. 
God, which I was love a that which was a strong record for the time. It was and, a very I love strong that record, record, but not stronger than ten. Not yeah. stronger than ten. Not stronger. Than I 10. like it better than ten. Uh, Ooh, what do you think of that, we're all, Surgeon? We're all wrong about some things in our lives, you know. You can't but, like you it know, that much. Ten didn't make your list of eight. Because oh, well, 10's on there. I, I didn't want to didn't want to split it. Yep. Oh, I love Vitality. It's so good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. enough about let's get into like enough about Atlantis. Enough about it. Let's go to Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So listen. Oh, so first of all, I just want to get this out of the way because it, it bears uh, it bears saying on the air is that, uh, you know, Pearl Jam was working on their sound prior to Nirvana. And and, yep. I, and I just got to throw that out there. I think that yep. when you when you talk about sound, I think Nirvana basically perfected it. You, you really mm-hmm. couldn't have done any better than that. But Pearl Jam was working on their sound two three years prior to uh, Nirvana was. Um, and I think what hurt them is that they were late in the release party. If they'd come out a year prior to Nirvana, I think we'd be talking about a different story. If they'd come out in 1990 with 10, I think that Mm. would have been a very, very different story. But when you come up against a juggernaut like this, you know, you're literally talking about Rocky Balboa versus even Ivan Drago. And it's like, listen, Ivan's a tough guy, but at the end, you know, Rocky's going to come out ahead. And, And I think in 1991, you know, by the end of the year, people were like, who's Pearl Jam? Because Nirvana had taken over the airwaves. But uh, 10 was just it was a it was a near perfect release from Pearl Jam. Uh, as Hector was saying, what helped them a lot was the MTV uh, play because Jeremy was played as much as Nirvana was on MTV. Yeah. I mean, literally couldn't turn on a segment without, you know, one of these two records was playing on a video segment. Every day, multiple times a day. Uh, and in the end, I think what hurt Pearl Jam is that they just didn't have the same sound as Nirvana, yes. which is okay. But Nirvana was, you know, they they kind of came out of the gate. So, you know, for me, it's it's it is a tough um it is a tough matchup because uh I you know this 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 was my sort of coming out of uni- or coming out of uh, high school, uh just as these two were hitting. Um, you know, I, I kind of lived the flannel movement, uh, experienced the flannel <laughs> movement. Uh, it was uh, Metallica in the weight room and it was uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam in the cool down. You know, that's kind of how it went. And Alanis um, in, in the car. And Alanis is a little, you know, crying a little bit on the way home. Just kind of <laughs> let, let the emotions of the workout pass yep. through. Um, you know, for me, uh, obviously Nirvana was going to go first. Uh, you know, there's mm. no question in, in the draft. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, but for me, number two was always going to be Pearl Jam. Uh, you know, the re-release uh, record, the remastering mm. of 10 was just, it was brilliant. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the, the remastering of it, it's a phenomenal sound, really kind of, I think, take, takes it to the next level. Um, in the end, like I said, I, I want to see a Pearl Jam versus Nirvana matchup. I'm not sure mm. it's going to play out that way. You know, John, uh, Pearl Jam, um, that when they did that remastering, um, they put that bonus track on there, the mm-hmm. uh, the Beatles track. Uh, uh, I've got a feeling. And that's my fav- one of my favorite Beatles tracks. They did a great job on that, you know, putting their own spin on that. I think it, I think it was, um, I mean, we certainly saw that with a lot of nineties covers and then recovers. Uh, and I think they did it in a way that some artists do where they, they play 
they play into that sound while still making it their own. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that's a mm. tough line to walk to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pay homage to this original track. I'm still going to have core elements, but I'm still going to make it my own sound so that nobody listens to this. Doesn't think that isn't Pearl jam. Uh, and I, you know, I do wonder how many people listen to that and didn't realize it was a Beatles track. Probably yeah. not very many, but right, right. That's what is interesting about that. You know, it's a whole different spin they put on a good cover yeah. they did. Yeah. Why did now? Why did you pick Guns and Roses ahead of that in the first round? Because I could have, and I was thinking of snagging Pearl Jam, but it was between that and I ended up going with Meatloaf. But what? What kind of? No, you two. I ended up going with you two. Yeah. Why? Why? Mm. Why did you end up making that pick? So my, my thought was, like I said, I knew Nirvana was going to go number one. There's no question. I mean, you, you're the number one receivers on the board. You take the number one receiver, you know, what's Nirvana there. Was strong uh, coming out of the comp out of the combine. That's right. right. He, had yeah, it. Yeah. He, he was, he, he was running a four, two or four, one, five. Uh, there's, you know, it doesn't matter what he's got going on at home with, with, uh, personal struggles, you know, he's going first. Um, and I, and I, my, my head was, there's no way we're going to go one, two, three, with um with with grunge type music Mm. it's just not gonna it's not gonna play that way so i was hedging my bets i was looking at the brackets i was playing a little strategy there uh and and to be honest uh you know and again maybe this is just me not recognizing the change of people's tastes i really thought that gnr bracket was going to be a bit of a a bit of a juggernaut i did think i I was going to deep i agree it's, I mean, I've, I think, I've heard. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna say. I mean, I, I cannot count the number of times I've heard the the GNR album one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly one of my most listened to albums of all time. So, I'm just like I said, I'm just surprised that it didn't get more play. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at a Nirvana Pearl Jam matchup just because they're natural comparisons. Is that I think Pearl Jam lyrically has the edge on nirvana in like their storytelling like lyrically they're incredible and and i think exceed nirvana but i think nirvana has more that like punk element to the music which might have like left pearl jam behind a little bit but like in looking at this at these four i think pearl jam by far has like the biggest fan base surely like their fan base is like immense but, but, but wait dave they're still a band I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they're... yeah. No, no one in the band had the decency to off themselves for our bracket, I mean, you, you know. know yeah. listen, you know, I mean, but even like, at the, but even right, at I'll the time, all though, the, all, the, all the Foo Fighter fans will come on our side. And, <laughs> you know, all the Chris Ball, Chris Ballos, what's his name, Chris? Uh... But I mean, like, n- never mind, right? Ha- is still like, if you look at the album sales, we did. I did the. I looked before. If you look at the album sales, like even currently, Nirvana's Nevermind is still in the top 100, still, which is insane. So it's going to be like two mega fan bases going head to head if they match up. Yep, I agree. If oh. they match up, it'll just be how do you like if. your how do you like your grunge? Do you yeah. like it edgy or do yeah. you like it refined? It's all it's a little more refined grunge versus edgy grunge. It'll it'll have to be an all flannel showdown. Uh, you know, for the finale, I think I get, I don't know if I have any flannel in the, in the deep box, uh, in the back. I think I ditched all that flannel by the end of the nineties, but well, I'm uh, sure if you have it, it still fits though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, nice and tight, nice, nice and tight. tight, boxy shoulders. There you go. No, it, it, it'll be interesting. 
um, how they how they match up. If it, I mean, I could totally see it's it's crazy because like that that Nirvana Metallica matchup is really interesting to see who comes out of that because I think Pearl Jam is going to come out of the Alanis one personally. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be so sure on that. I think that um, you know if we're talking about the two bracket matchups. I think Alanis has a better shot at the matchups than Metallica does. And I say that only because if you had Metallica against 10, I think Metallica would take it hands down. And I think if, yeah, I absolutely think Metallica would take it hands down. Uh, But when you look at the, the audience, the broad appeal of Nirvana versus Metallica, Mm. I don't know, man, that like, you know, we talk about the defining sound of the nineties Mm, you know, if you said, what is the number one defining sound of the nineties? 10, 10 out of 10 people are going to say Nirvana. Yeah, I think. No, I agree with that. I mean, to Hector's point earlier, like if we were allowed to pick live records, you could have had a final four that had Nevermind and unplugged in it. Mm. Cause like unplugged is seen as one of the best records of the nineties as well. Yes, sir. So you could have had turned two Nirvana albums in the final four, really, if we yeah. picked that. But I do think that when you stack Metallic against Nirvana, you yeah. are talking about um, two huge uh, uh, groups of, of audio listeners. Yeah. And I don't know that there's going to be that much crossover between superfan Metallica fans and superfan mm. Nirvana fans. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, mm. I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm a rare oddity that I listen to. <laughs> Hip hop, Metallica, grunge. I don't think there's that many people out there that were crossing over into those. They 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 picked their guy, and they stayed with their guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, it'll be interesting to see uh, Matt Ty from how how about that cigar? He's going to be so if he, torn if if he rallies the troops because he is not a uh, Nirvana fan. No, no, he's not. No, no and he 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 is he is. he he is a a perfect example of you know metal fans are going to rally behind metallica you're not going to get that peel off of metal fans under nirvana you're just not they're they're going to see you know counterculture versus counterculture metal's going to stay with metal yep Mm. anyways on to you coop okay so like you you know what's funny is like of the four albums it's this is not my favorite, even the four albums. I mean, I probably put Pearl Jam and Alanis mm. ahead of it. Nothing, mm. it's nothing against Nirvana, but um, I do like this album. But I would say it's 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 not one that so I even wanted to get to the final four. Uh, but but I picked it because this is the biggest selling album of the nineties, right? So this was a monster album, and I think there's a little bit of a backstory, and I'll do a mini album archaeology that kind of led Ooh. us to this point. <laughs> All right, so. The late 80s saw this notion of thrash metal, thrash metal. I always say trash, but thrash metal, mm-hmm. um, which which was this darker side of, of heavy metal that started going. You could argue it was a little anti-Christian at times. Uh, it, was, it was it was anti-everything. It was anti-everything. Yeah, yeah, Anti-establishment. Yeah. With Anti-corporation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mm-hmm. what happened mm-hmm. during what happened during that period is there was a big four that emerged. Uh, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax were really the yep. big. They were known as the Big Four. They were kind of always joined at the hip with this. But Metallica goes into 1991, uh, 1990-91 time frame, and they they definitely wanted to kind of do something. They wanted to kind of get out of that mold a little. Um, so they brought in a producer by the name of Bob Rock. Um, 
And Bob Rock is a guy who um, was known. He worked with Motley Crue on um, Dr. Feelgood. So, I mean, they, they had worked with him. They were excited about working with him. Um, and they were, like I said, they were looking to be a little more, they were looking to kind of slow it down a bit, not have that heavy, that heavy guitar, that distorted guitar. And they wanted a little more refined sound. They thought that Bob Rock would do that. Um, that didn't work out too well in the studio it, behind the scenes with this album. It was a very difficult album to make. They did not get along with Bob Rock. Uh, he was unhappy with James Hetfield's lyrics. Um, he was pushing for the band to do many, many, many takes, right? And they didn't want to do all these takes, you know? Um, and he wanted to record the sounds many different ways. Um, and at the same time, Lars Ulrich, uh, Kirk Hammett, and Jason Newstead, who I think Jason Newstead is the secret sauce of this album, uh, they were all going through like personal turmoil with divorces. So their heads weren't on a, a straight. But nonetheless, they got this album out. And, uh, it, it really, I, I think, did you, one of you guys said it was the end of that metal era mm. that would happen. I mean, yeah. So what I would, to me, and this is not my favorite Metallica album by far either. And I'm obviously a huge metal no. fan, yeah. but I would call this, if I had a label, I would call it a bridge album. And I think what Metallica managed to do with this album is something that no other metal band did really since is that they managed to take metal from a counterculture, uh, you know, very mm. niche market into the mainstream, like we saw with some of the hip hop artists that were on our brackets, they were literally the only band that that said, we're going to we're going to make our sound. We're going to keep our core sound, but still make it radio friendly. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you had metal being played on mainstream radio. It had never happened before. No one was playing mainstream metal on radio. It just did not happen. No, you may have got a song off a metal album, but it wasn't metal you know it was right. almost anti-metal old 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 aussie maybe but well, uh yeah, you just I mean, didn't have I mainstream consider, metal yeah and i don't consider motley crew mainstream metal right yeah hair metal yeah um yeah. this album though um and i mentioned jason newstead he's the bass player so to me the bass player became much more important with this refined sound yeah. Which is why I kind of say he was the secret. So I mean, Lars Ulrich's drumming is just is just incredible. I mean, he does a hi hat drumming, which I love, right? But here's the thing, guys: Enter Sandman is a monster track. And I mean, Coop, if you had gone back thirty years and said Enter Sandman is going to be played at hockey games and baseball games. You would you would have looked at you like you had a third eye, and metal fans would have said, "There's no, no way, way in a million years." Yeah, no way. And and it became a it, it, hockey games. You mentioned Yankee games. Uh, it was Mariano's song. Uh, Mariano developed the connection <coughs> with the band because they played that song when Mariano would, would come out from the bull, you know come out from the bullpen. It was and he get it you know and they they drive him out there. Um, and I think that resonates. I think that's going to resonate with voters. I, I, I really you have a track like that, but there's so many good tracks on this album. Um, I mean, I look at when, uh, uh, wherever I may roam, um, yep. that Arabian kind of sound that's put in there. Um, it's incredible. Um, and, mm. uh, you know, there, there's this, like I said, some of the thrash metal heads, <coughs> they're not going to like some of the power ballads, like nothing else matters. But to me, 
this is a strong album. And, and I think you guys broke it down. Exact. It's going to come down to how many of the metal people come out and vote for this album. It, it's going to attract the metal people. But I think maybe interest Sandman's in the back of the minds of some folks. You know, listen, I, I went I went to a number of parties in the 90s. You know, you talk about the Nirvana fans not necessarily being sober enough to uh, to vote. There's probably a lot of that in the metal. I, I can certainly remember more than a few metal parties. Uh, they were certainly imbibing as much or more as the grunge uh, fans were at the time, at least to my recollection. So. Mm. I mean. I think with this record, I think out of looking at all of them, it's like I think this record has probably gained critical acclaim over time more totally. so than maybe some of them. Totally. Because um, I think this album has looked a lot more fondly now than when it was released, whereas you could argue a lot of the other records we're looking at were released really well and are looked at fondly now really well, where I think this one looks is looked at better now that even than then. Yeah. And it was like I said, there was a departure. You know, if you were one of the big four fans, this album was was looked at as, "What are you guys doing?" Right, hundred um, percent. And and I, and I lived that. Yeah. I can absolutely yeah. remember. Yeah. Uh, there was revolt amount of, around uh, hardcore metal fans who called Metallica mm-hmm. of all. They said there were sellouts. They were selling out to yeah. the mainstream mm-hmm. to get radio play. And I can I can firmly recall people being very upset about Metallica sort of altering their sound to be more friendly. And that was a big deal back in 91. Yep. But on the other hand, I think it brought people into metal. Yes. Uh, I think it definitely brought, I mean, I can tell you it brought people into metal and that's why this album sold so well. Yeah. Um, it's an epic matchup with, with Nirvana. Uh, I think I have a shot. I think I'm the underdog. I'll say that, but I think I have a shot to pull this one off. Um, I really do. I mean, it, it, it'd be revenge because Hector's Nirvana, they, they just, after that came out, like metal was a dirty word for like seven years. Like, like it was I, just gone. Like I told you guys earlier, for, for when when people like me, who the second English, the second British invasion was over, we were looking for something. We were looking for something. I needed a mm. bridge to get me to the to the girls, for me to to get to the little fair girls, and it was grunge. I mean, just all you got to do is think of singles, the movie, and the soundtrack. Yeah. What a what a huge you know what a what a great movie that yep. was and you know and 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 you know it, it's it's a it's a band that put you know Seattle and Portland on the map for Christ's sakes I mean I never had any interest or inkling of ever going to Seattle or you know but I'm like oh shit I'm they got you, a great you, music Seattle scene. became known as a music the Seattle music scene was put on the map because of that band there's no question about that and uh is there like a know, cash stipend or if we win i'm just i'm just trying to i'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm worrying about taxes for next year you know listen no, i think but that's what's so it's a t- i think it's gonna be tough all the way around i really do but so but that's what's so interesting because like what you were john and what coop like that metallica album is sort of like you take dr feelgood in 89 ozzy's no more tears in 91 it is like can, hair, everything sort of like converges into the popularity of that record. And then Nirvana and Pearl Jam comes out and metal is never spoken of again <laughs> until yeah. like until they adopt some of the grunge stuff with the like corns and, and yeah. system of a down and stuff. Grudge, grudge, grunge was a little more approachable. Yeah. You know, if your parents walked by and you're watching MTV and they saw, you know, they saw Nirvana or they saw, you know, 
they, they weren't worried. They're were Jeremy. Yeah. They weren't worried that you had a pentagram painted in the basement. Yep. And, yes. You know, you were bleeding out lambs and cats. Down there, you know, so it was, you know, it was a little more approachable. Yeah. A little more approachable. And I almost wonder how much of that at the time was um, <clears throat> the, you know, the gen, my, my parents' generation just didn't understand like they couldn't, they couldn't conceptualize what was going on with grunge. So like it was that whole thing was completely lost in them. They they didn't yeah. understand that music movement at all, and so it just went yeah. right over their heads. And all the messages in their songs didn't understand it. I mean, first of all, I couldn't understand the lyrics, but they couldn't understand no. the message at all. But it it's interesting thinking about metal and grunge, and like what you're talking about, Surgeon, is sort of the metal fans of like 85 and 84, like when Ride the Lightning came out and stuff like that, that was very counterculture. Like it was very counterculture. And then by the time this Metallica album comes out, they're now the establishment and now the yep. counterculture is. And so it's like that yep. same sort of process. So now the yep. counterculture is Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Yep. 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 Cause it's like a whole generation of music sort of over, over time. And you look what happened on the airwaves, right? So grunge, grunge comes along, you know, and suddenly pop music starts like like these things. Oh, it just saying, got crushed. Got oh, crushed. So, so what is pop music left with? Hanson and Umbop, right? That's the stuff you start hearing on the radio. Um, you're getting a you got the last kind of run with Genesis uh, with the We Can't mm. Dance album, which was kind of the end. It was also the end of classic rock at that point, too, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. When, much, and yeah. And when you consider how dominant pop was at the end of the eighties, you know, in terms of airway plays and how, how crushed they got by 92, you know, you just didn't hear pop on the radio. It just, no, no. one other than a pop station, specifically the, the average station was not playing pop. There was no. zero pop. No, it was suddenly very different. Like I said, and then, you know, Pearl Jam, I think really capitalized on it. Well, Alanis did uh, as well, but what happened with like with grunge, there was really not a home for grunge for a while uh, with a lot mm. of the rock stations mm. until mm. till they really converted to like when, when you start seeing classic rock to alternative rock, then you started. And we saw that a lot in New York. We saw that change happen in New York with the, with rock. The classic mm. rock stations died and the alternative rock stations took mm. over. Mm. And then uh, uh, don't forget, I, I picked I picked an album uh, because I've never been a metalhead. So somewhere between. Mm. Somewhere between the resurgence of metal and the grunge was what I like to call American Pie music. All those <laughs> bands that came out during the American Pie series of movies that came out, mm, mm. you know, uh, Green Day and yep. you know, uh, Blink One Eighty Two, yep. and mm. you know, ever, you know, uh, Everclear, yeah. Everclear and Sublime, and I love those bands. Yeah, I love those bands. None of those bands would have won in this competition. No, they just didn't. I, no, but I love those. Neither they didn't have the they didn't have the soul Hector like what Nirvana has other than the sound is of it's like course, it feels but, genuine yeah, it feels we're like talking, we're talking about a comp we're talking about a competition here it's a, it's what do you call it a uh, oh, what did I call it earlier a popularity contest my, yeah. none of my top ten albums from two, my top eight albums from 1990 would have been, except the Lionesses I look out of time I loved out of yeah. time we we would have been love, fighting yeah, for Sarah McLaughlin albums yeah, I, no question you know. I love, I, I love I, out of time. Didn't make the list. I How is that possible? That guy yeah. won like 82 Grammys that night. Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no back. Evanescence uh, representation, you know? Oh, 
Bad I, record. There's no Glenn. Where's Glenn Danzig and uh, without his shirt? Where's Glenn right? Danzig on? Where's the guy who looks like a uh, toad? The wet sprockets. Yeah. I love toad the wet sprockets. Glenn should have stayed with the Mr. Jim Blossoms. You know, Jim Blossoms had a good run, like in the and he died. Uh, you know, death. Death will do that. Death that's will do that it. to a man. Yeah, <laughs> death will do that to a man. Yeah, you know? uh, um, I agree. Um, you know, it's it's incredible um, when you see. I love garbage. I love the horses. I love you know. But yeah. They just didn't. Yeah. You know. I, I mean. I think it's 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 I think for people unless people are listening to music at the time, it's hard to put into words how much like Dre, NWA's Straight Out Compton, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden, how much they changed music like for the next fifteen years. Yeah, like just totally obliterated everything. Yeah, and like John was saying, it was almost like overnight the radio stations changed. It was like. It, and it really it's totally was like, obsolete. Yeah. Like people talk about that as if it's a three-year transition. It was not a three-year transition. It was, it was, you know, club clubber Lang in the ninth and you, you look up and you're like, I don't know what's yeah. hitting me in the face here. What's going on. And that's what happened. Like it, it, it changed the face of music instantaneously. It was shocking. Yep. And what's crazy about it for pop music and metal, unfortunately were the like victims of this, but mm. you had those hip hop, and alternative were both like freight trains and they mm. just steamrolled everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just remember like we had a lot of iconic radio stations in New York. You know, WNEW was probably the most iconic rock station. And, uh, you know, and they went out of business. I mean, yeah. they, ended, they ended by the end of the decade. They were doing uh, talk radio because they just it just they. They tried to go to alternative. They really didn't know how to go to alternative. They, they, and they had like true DJs on that station, not like out of work actors being DJs, music experts. And they just like Scott Muni was the legendary DJ. He was clueless when it came to this stuff. He couldn't he couldn't get his arms. You know, he was so used to, you know, the, uh, the you know, Eric Clapton's and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. He couldn't rap. And, and, and it, people stopped listening, uh, you know. Well, I think. Like those pop music stations were like, well, grunge might be a fad. This hip hop, I can't even play <laughs> on the radio. See, but hip hop, and they did just well got in, left hip, behind. Hip hop did well in New York though, because it had a bigger oh. culture. So hip hop did, yeah. flourish in New York. If you had stations. those stations already set up, yeah. But they were, but they were, they were specialized stations. They did numbers, okay. but they, you know, they did, they did good numbers. But yeah, it was very specialized, and that wasn't getting played on. Like you know, I just remember my, you know, again. My dad and mom, you know, in the car, would, they wouldn't play these stations anymore. No, well, of course. How how are you going to listen to this? Did that guy call you, Coop? What guy? These nuts. You can't play that on the radio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can't play that on the radio, man. I'm telling but, you. Uh, oh, yeah. But, that's what say. Okay. I, I, right, yeah. right, right, right. That, that, the, my point is that, you know, but I think those, those, the, the popularity of that of that early hip hop, I think was was you know CDs and well music. Oh wait a minute, yeah. Let's not forget the monster, the music, the the music pirating, the pirating. What was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. What was that? Napster. Uh, Napster. Napster. That oh, came late. That, that, that's what I was saying. I was talking to a couple of record guys, and it was like, yeah, you know, now that was a huge thing, and that changed that changed how everyone listened to music and consumed music. <laughs> I mean, I mean we're, ta it, we're talking in the green room about how he, he, up here in Canada, I literally had people smuggling NWA albums up from the U.S. because you could yeah. not purchase. You literally could not purchase NWA in the uh, record stores. They would not sell it. 
they literally would not sell it in the record store. So yeah, we had to bring it up for a good Canadian boy like you to listen. No, but, but well, eventually they found digital and that's why right. yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, subscriptions kind of was the, the answer to defeat Napster is what happened. Well, the, the thing about it and like down in Miami as well, like with uh, two live crew and stuff. Yes. Um, you, you, like like that, Dre, hip hop and and grunge, it made music like dangerous again. Cause I think like the punk sort of like sped out like the, the, the pentagrams, like you were saying, Hector, like your slayers and stuff sort of ran its course. And like John was saying, there's this metal backlash, like, Oh, it's too safe. Now it's too watered down. You got like Ozzy Osbourne's record. This is a guy that was like, you know, talking about, he was in black Sabbath for God's sake. And now he's doing like power ballads. And you're like, what happened? And then these bands came out. You're like, right. It's dangerous yeah. again. Like music yeah. is, I'm dangerous glad, again. I'm glad yeah. nobody nobody put Marilyn Manson in their list. Oh God, <laughs> or, uh, that doesn't qualify as music. Or those, Jesus, uh, I'm, sure, I'm surprised Dave didn't put him in those. Uh, oh. the commies. What do you call the, uh, the, the 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 guy whose mother the, the oh my God the the Zapata, the, the guys who are Zapatista, the shit not System of a Down. What are they called? Uh, oh, System of a Down, man. No, the guitarist name is Tom something or other. Oh, Rage. Uh, no, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was close. I was close, Hector. Didn't I was rage. very we had, close. Today, we had Rage today in a is, tournament. Today, yeah, today is May Day, so I would think that you'd put him in there. <laughs> That's Part right. Power to the people, baby. Power to the people. people. You know, uh, uh, liber- what is it? We will uh, eviscerate the proletariat. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, eat the rich, man. Eat the rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, uh, I, I am I have my Adi DeFranco shirt on, man. My my Adi DeFranco righteous babe shirt on, man. Oi, oi. We're gonna have to start doing some due diligence to some of these guys, yeah. Dave. Uh, yeah, right. I have a background check before I get a podcast. Like, yeah. what's going on here? Uh, bottom of the first zero zero. All right, we're we're <laughs> just, bring, just bringing you up to speed. Just All right, so we'll get we'll get Hector. We'll we'll, we'll get. We'll move it so Hector can get to the game. You want to watch the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start, I do. Too. Play I do too. I, but don't I can play see that it. shit I can, with me. I can see it. I, I, I watch me the under the bus. Don't I can put that watch the guy, game. The game. Don't you put that there. evil on me? Don't you put that evil on me, William Bobby? Yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget. A May thirteenth. Kids in the hall. Back again. Uh-huh. I heard that. Okay. I mean, just Canadian. You got to be. Is it a holiday I love, there? I love kids in the hall. I mean, you know, so obviously Kids in the Hall, uh, I don't know how much play Kids in the Hall got outside of Canada. I mean, obviously Hector, a big, huge, lot, huge yeah. fan. Comedy like, Central. They were on Comedy Central. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy, yeah. yeah I, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm shocked. I'm impressed. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how far they push it. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, mm. how quick the cancellation requests come in because I know they're going to come out swinging. Have you seen the, the previews? Step- Have you seen the previews? Oh, yeah. What's it? What's it on? Is it on? Is it on Netflix or what's showing it? Amazon. Amazon Prime. Amazon. I gotta check that out. Like they're bringing back all of the original characters. Yeah. Squish your head. uh, Oh yeah. Eradicator. You know. I can't wait for that. All right, Coop. Coop's trying to. Coop's trying to do business. No, no, no. I was just sorry, man. uh, The other thing I'll say coming out um, in the next week is the new Arcade Fire album, which is. Oh, yeah, some, of it's already, some of it's already leaked out, by the way. It'll be um, on Saturday Night Live next Saturday. Like next yeah, Saturday, that's with, the well, the, that's the day the album the album comes out. Oh, we Friday. left our album lying around. And we'll have a <laughs> not a big arcade fire guy anymore. I was. Uh, uh, the new album, Hector. Oh, uh, I think he's going to bring you back. 
I don't know. It fell off a bit. Yeah, I was I was an Interpol guy for a long time. The first couple of Interpol, really loved it. Yeah, and then uh, Mm, uh, mm, we'll we'll see. mm. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a big. I think it's gonna be big. This album. Uh, Look, Dave, I'm a big Travis fan. I'm a big Keen fan. You don't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Any airplay here in Miami. Nah, Miami, nah. Miami has the worst radio in Florida in the space. Probably the worst radio in the country. If it's really? not rap, uh, Charlotte's rap, pretty bad. Charlotte's Spanish, atrocious. Rap, Spanish, or house music all night long. Charlotte doesn't I mean, even have country music anymore. Uh, that sounds all right to me, Hector. I'll be yeah, honest. I could, they, I could listen to it. <laughs> they got a country music station there. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. But I like I like my Keen, man. I like my Keen. I like my Coke. Uh, you know, hey, man. Nothing wrong with that. But you have a little Canadian uh, music going there with Arcade Fire, John. So uh, that's right. Know, even yeah. though it's French Canadian, but still yeah. counts. It's still yeah. in the Commonwealth, baby. They signed the papers, <laughs> whether they, they whether they want to be in the Commonwealth or not. No, I don't think they, they, don't they have do. have a choice. Whether they insist on speaking <laughs> French or not, that's not that's my right. Problem. Uh, if you want to sing uh, your song in French, that's fine. But you got to put out an English version if you want to be successful. I'm sorry, that's, that's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> the the the, uh, the interesting thing that um. With Arcade Fire, as one of the brothers left, uh, was it Will Butler left the band, and it's kind of a little question why he left the band. Um, so there's some interesting things, you know, why he left. Artists, man, you know, it's amazing they can keep it going for as long as they as long as they can. uh, Mm. Frankly, you get that many artists in a room together. The fact they can put out multiple albums is is kind of shocking. I think he was discouraged with the direction Arcade Fire went the last few years. It sounded oh, like, God. you know, um, and it's really like you know, Win, Win Butler and Regina, I think, are, you know, the husband wife team. They're they're really the focus of the band. I think the brother felt left out. Yep. So, uh, hey, let's go oh. to our picks. Let's go to our picks. Oh, our predictions. Is that what you're predictions. saying? Yeah, let's go to our predictions here. How is this going to take uh, go out, guys? We'll Beck's going to win it all. Oh, what? Yeah, Nirvana, Nirvana's Beck, gonna win. Beck is going to win it all. Is the underdog. I have yeah. garbage going all the way. So. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin in the ninth. Um, with Box. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna give you my prediction. Go ahead. Uh, it will be Pearl Jam defeating uh Nirvana. Really? You know, when we get off the air, I'm gonna have to have a long talk with you. Listen, it's because of what the last couple, said, no, no, the last couple of days you're starting to you're starting to bother me a little bit. You took the 76ers <laughs> over the heat. You took the, you're saying the cap the Panthers are gonna lose to the Capitals. Uh, you know, and now you're you're. you're I hope upsetting. I'm I hope I'm wrong on both those. By the way, except for the Sixer pick, but I, I do I do recommend the Panthers. His, are, yeah, look, he, the Capitals playing good. That's why I'm just watch them. They're dangerous. They had the best record in the NHL. Playoff I mean, playoff hockey's, you know, playoff hockey is completely different. John, listen, my friend, play play for predictions or playoff hockey. Uh, for predictions, I'm going uh, final bracket's going to be Nirvana versus Atlantis, and I think it's going to go uh, 58-42 in Nirvana's favor. I think it's going to be a dogfight. Wow. And Nirvana's going to come out in the end. Yeah, and I think Pearl Jam, it's going to be like about 58-42 as well. That's how I'm kind of looking at it. Uh, maybe 55-45. I'll go 55-45. Uh, it's going to be a tough match, but Nirvana's got a fan. That fan base is, uh, is good, but Pearl Jam's is stronger, I think. Dave, uh, I think it's going to be Nirvana versus Alanis. Nirvana's going to win like 80, 20. I think they're going to oh. just crush him. I think. As you are. God, I love that album. Never mind. It's going to be Nirvana over Pearl Jam. 60 to 40. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Woo! Oh. Them fighting words, John. I'm the only Dominic Grunge. I'm the only one thinking Nirvana is gonna gonna drop this thing. So we'll see. Because that's you, brother. We know you. We we're familiar with you. <laughs> we're familiar with you. By the way, I just want to say, you know, back the to the heat, NBA. I went all... eight. I went eight and zero in my NBA picks in the first Ooh. round, and I'm now. Ooh, up, he's bringing it out. Yep. He's bringing it out. Yeah, I'm just saying I went eight. But you also, so now what are you going to do? Are you going to white out the 76ers now that this guy broke his orbital bone? That's not good, hmm. by the way. I'm uh, no doctor, okay. but that sounds well, bad. That's a long healing time. Though, I know we're not going to win the series. I know that. But the Heat have their own injury problems, but not as big as that. Hey, Spolster's look, this, been doing is, this that is all year. Spolster's this is why you're paying guys. Jimmy Butler 30 million. It's, it's, it's the Bill Belichick. Uh, I don't know. You know, everyone's uh, in the injury reserve. I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to feel <laughs> look, the team. 30, uh, James Harden is getting $30 million. He better step up. Spolster's That's all I'm going to tell you. Oh, yeah. He's been sitting guys all year. You have the better. Yep. I mean, look, uh, Spolster is one of the best coaches in the history of the NBA. I love that guy. So, And that's uh, a guy who started in the film room. Don't forget. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great, great coach. Oh, he he's got a he's fantastic got, coach. Yeah. I, he is, and he's. Yeah, it wasn't just LeBron either. He he coached that team very well. To those those four, they and he four cheerleader. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Part of the people. Yeah, part of the people. Maybe. Yep. yep. Sounds good. Right. So I think it'll be. It's going to be. You know, six uh, sixty forty. It's going to be. You know. Yeah. One. I see uh, that. One one extra. You know. It's a little bit over fifty percent. That's all. So we have two people though the the uh, Pearl Jam Alanis matchup split though with us. Mm. I mean, yeah. no one's picking Metallica. I get it. No, uh, I think we have a. Sh- but I'm telling you, it's going to be a cl- Metallica will not get sixty. I mean, I'm sorry. Day, we'll day two, day two is going to be the one to watch for Metallica. I think. Yeah, yeah. and we're going to split. These are going to be individual. We're not going to do them simultaneously. We'll do them because I want. I don't want anyone forgetting one matchup over the other. So mm. they'll be they'll be run individually these matchups just so they everyone gets the chance to vote and doesn't get lost. Twitter is not the most friend, best way to do it, but it's still the better way it's to do it. It's kind of the only we can yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So um it has good control. <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh and like I said, this show airs Monday night and then we'll be starting the matchups shortly after that. I so. will not be surprised if Metallica wins as well. So it, I'm not. I'm not surprised, but they're the underdog. I would. I. I, I think Atlantis is the underdog. I, I think do. in our mm-hmm. matchup. I think mm-hmm. in our matchup, though. I uh, think Atlantis will do well in the Sisters of the Leaf, but I don't. I just don't know how many. Of, <laughs> how many of us in touch with our feeling guys are going to go Atlantis? Well, you you should. Is over, what I'm over, over 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 uh, over. I mean, yep. Yeah. I mean, if Atlantis pulls us out, it's going to be a major upset. Yeah. Um. I, you can't. I mean, it's. But 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 what an album to have. These are four yeah. monster albums. Monsters. Yeah, I love her. I I love her. I find her so. And, and like she's, that, she's, so she find her host so hot. Yeah, I like did? a lot. Of, I there's not an album I dislike of hers either. I, I under rug swept. Uh, you know when she did the when she did the dogma when she came out as God. Mm-hmm. In the, in the uh-huh. Oh come on, man. Yeah. And as uh, as ESPN said. Every time somebody scores a, a, a goal on the Toronto Blue on the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's for Alanis Morissette's pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So that's good. All right. Why don't we go into our new music uh, 45 segment, sponsored by Cigar Hustler, uh, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, great place to go. I will be down there in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to visiting the store. Great customer service, great lounge, great humidor. Um, and you get a free cigar if you can spell his name. If I you can can't. spell his ah, name, you get a free cigar. 
Jesus. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Shepinkevich. I can't Shepin say Kevich. Yeah. No, I've been told I can't. Another show said I can't say complete sentences. So, you know, I'm not even going to try to say the name because I don't want to add fuel to the fire of those guys. So, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, if you can't get to the store in Deltona, Florida, uh, go to cigarhustle.com. Get on their email list. Uh, they when the new releases come, the limited releases come, the LCA releases come, you will uh, get notified right away and uh, you'll want to buy them because uh, they'll go fast. But that's the best way to do that. Um, and of course, check out the Postani brand. Uh, yep. and, you know, we got a little airplay with uh, uh, developing pallets a few weeks ago. Yeah. We, a little hot talked, seat action. We talked about hey, you're, that. You were great, John. Yeah. You're Thank great, you. man. I think Ben's got I think Ben's got that review coming up next, too. So. Oh. So curious to see what's going to happen with that as well. So so if I want to get invited out of their show, all I got to do is just like rip their cigars. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. If you rip a cigar, you'll get on their show. I'll, I'll get onto that. Yeah. And and then throw in there, you know, I don't think Mike's arms are as big as he thinks they are. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's just exactly. it's the camera. It's yeah. a wide angle lens. <laughs> yeah. By, that by big. the way, I haven't <laughs> talked to them yet about this. Right now, I'm going to I haven't had a chance to talk to them, but. According to the big board list on Coop, uh, they're listed as a uh, a vendor at the trade show. Oh, okay. So I, at least they're showing up as hey, that right now. We did hear we did hear that from them at the TPE that they would be showing up, and uh, that's confirmed. I've already he... I've already thrown out the invite uh, to to continue that conversation. That debate at the media house yeah. would be uh, exceptionally. They will definitely. They will definitely. I mean, they came last year. They loved it. So. Uh, uh, hopefully, Hector, you're feeling yeah. better this year. I know you had, I had a, rough, I was, you were in rough shape at the show last year. I mean, I kicked my ass last year. Yeah, I, I know. I know this won't get me on the show because I'm not going to bash the cigar. But that bangerang <laughs> they did with you was incredible. We loved it. We cigar. had it at the media house and we were loving it. They were the, the first guys to have it were the guys at the media house. Oh, so good. I was messaging Hector. And in fact, they didn't want it even announced yet that they weren't doing it with Skip. Uh, but it sounds like they're doing all the non Postani stuff, you know, with other folks. So kudos, kudos to that cigar, my friend. Yeah, that was exactly. Ooh. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm behind on I'm behind on that podcast. So I haven't seen who they ripped these days. Uh, actually, oh, they ripped uh, everybody. When, you know, I had fun. I was on another podcast. I, no, actually, I was watching another podcast and uh, Mike was on with uh, Carney from LFD. And mm. he looked—he looked damn near. He looked damn right small next to Carney. <laughs> Carney, Carney, Carney was jacked Carney up. Oh, is Carney is yeah. jacked up. Carney's Listen, been spending some time on the in the weights. It's and, and he will be back at the trade show this year. Nice. Yeah, they will be. Good yeah. All, all of those guys are good. Guys. Yep. Yep. So definitely check them out. I only got two months to get my jack on. You know, I don't know if I can. Two Jeez. months is enough time, but we'll see what I can do. Yep. Start with that creatine powder, buddy. That's creatine, right. Yeah. 18, 18 grams every uh, every four hours. Yep. Yep. Uh, new music, Coop. Side A. Going to continue with the women in music. Patty Griffin, who I love. Uh, folk icon. She is putting out a record of outtakes and demos um, that she did. So the first track I have is Lucky, which is the single coming off of that. It's going to be called Tape is going to be the record. So if you're a big Patty Griffin fan, this will be good for you because you get all these outtakes and and, um, and unreleased songs that she sort of just recorded in her own home stuff. And Side B is a band called Wet Leg with Shay's Lounge. It's just a weird band. 
it's two women. It's just weird. And I love it because it's weird. And uh, yeah, you know, music needs to be weird. So check that out. <laughs> um, Patty Griffin, album archaeology. So Patty Griffin, sticking with the 90s theme, came out with her debut record, Living with Ghosts, in 96. And it's one of the rare records where she sent in a demo tape. And they loved it, had to record it with a band in a studio. And they're like, this isn't as good as your demo tape. So all they did was just do production on the demo tape and release that. <laughs> so it's just basically the demo tape she sent in. And it's amazing. It's one of the best it, debuts ever. Nice. Good picks. Check babe. it out. I actually, was, I actually gave a listen to those. Very good picks. Check it out. And I'm look at you talked about smoking it down. Look at that. I'm still going away. Yeah. That's my uh, this was great, by the way, this uh, fair warning. Go to Caravan and pick up some of these guys. I got to check that out. That, uh, what I love it. about this, the warhead is like as a as a Churchill, it, it, it doesn't run out of gas, which is my problem with a lot of Churchills. They sort of yes. run out of gas. at yeah, the end. that's it still goes. And that's what I love about um, they do with, you know, the short Churchill that that Espinosa, I think, really brought back on the map. That's what I love about the short Churchill, especially it's that you get that Churchill size and it's smaller, you know, it just gives you everything you need, you know, without having, you know, the extra inch. That's that what not, he said. That is, that is not what he said. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right, guys. I think we're at the end of our show here. Uh, hey, John and Hector, first of all, thank you so much, uh, one, for being accommodating on, you know, doing the tournament with us. Flexible on the recording schedule. We do really appreciate it. Um, good luck to everyone in the tournament. Get out and vote, folks. Um, that's going to be the key thing. Yeah. Uh, Dave and I will have an announcement on the next show shortly, so stay tuned on that. And uh, we'll go forward from there. Hector's got an announcement for tomorrow. Boom! Oh, that's right. We're, well, thank you. Be, yeah, we, we'll try to edit this before the show, but yeah, if you listen to this right after, you'll have the draft show. Yeah, the draft show. Probably, oh yeah. What time is it? What time is will you air this tomorrow? Um, I I'm probably gonna air about six or five thirty, okay, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be. So we'll, we'll get it on so you can watch both. About, yeah. Yeah. Around seven thirty, eight o'clock, we'll be going live with the Heckle and Jekyll draft show. post the post draft show the draft so, wrap up. So, Surgeon, is that the biggest Jets win of the last ten years? Was the draft? Uh, that's the biggest Jets win in the last sixty years, and I, I'm not even saying that facetiously. If you were to combine. 20 years worth of Jets drafts. And this, again, this is not facetiousness. 20 years of Jets draft would not add up to the first round of this Jets draft. Yeah, they could. They petition the NFL to have that count for like four wins or something. Well, they could. Mostly, I'm just hoping Brady gets suspended for three games uh, as a result. That's kind of my hope for all you Pats fans out there. Little jab. There you go. There you go. And uh, be sure to check out Developing Palettes as well and see what the guys are going to be reviewing over the next few weeks. So It's going to be spicy. Oh, oh boy, nice. I, can't, I can't wait. So I think, some, I think there'll be a new review out uh, right before the show airs. So uh, we'll, be, we'll be waiting on pins and needles with that. But uh, again, to everybody, that's going to wrap up Primetime Jukebox Episode 70 into the annals of history for this early May edition. Get out and vote. And um, we'll see everybody next time. Thanks, everyone.